Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Well, now, it's been an interesting uh, 24 hours. Um, I have spent uh, a, a good part of yesterday uh, working with my web hosting folks through a store, writeyourlaws.com, because yet another hack by uh, the deep state or somebody that really doesn't like what we're doing here. Uh, I know this because they went after our bill indexes. And so the place where I list all the bills that are available for people to search, that was, that was the part that was, com- was completely blocked. So we have now blocked it. So uh, right, I'm not going to say, say exactly where. Just, you know, you can go to the website. You'll find it. <laughs> you know, but all the bills are there. And so that's a good thing. So it's nice that we have Bill on the line here to talk about bills and everything else that's, uh, that's going on in our crazy world. This is wall-to-wall Wednesday, the only day where the entire show, uh, ha- it's, it's all reporters. So I'm just going to, you know, shut up and let Bill talk. Anti-Action Radio presents the Fecky Report. Good morning, Action Radio Land. Sir Gregory of the Glissful Ten, how are you? Oh, fine. I just love the fact that you give me a different name every week. You know, one day you're going to run out. You're going to be stuck. You'll have to go back to the beginning and go, what should we call him this Well, week? I, I actually, yesterday, yesterday I realized I did run out, so I had to go ahead and uh, open up the uh, thesaurus and <laughs> start working on new ones. <laughs> the the fecky word vault? <laughs> you should write these down and just say, you know, what, what did, what's Bill call me this week? Well, actually, it's kind of fun. Uh, so I, this is this should be uh, nobody else does this, so it's definitely your tradition. Uh, so feel free to keep going. But uh, I, I just want to announce, like I said, right at the front of the show, that uh, writeyourlives.com is back, and that uh, we are constantly being attacked. So we must be doing something right. You know, we're, we're, as they say, over the target. Well, the, the, you know, they do, and they, they specifically went after our bills, which I find interesting. So the rest of the side they didn't touch, right? Just the part that is, is uh, going to make major change in this country. And so that's, uh, that to me was fascinating. But it's back. All the bills are listed, so off we go. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Uh, you know, obviously we are getting very, very close. It just seems like the closer we get, the harder it is. And that's how you know you're getting closer. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, and that, and that is the ultimate goal is, you know, is the, and that's what you call sacrifice. It, you know, mm-hmm. the ultimate sacrifice is, you know, besides death is doing what we're doing and fighting through and then getting the truth uh, exposed. And, mm-hmm. you know, so yesterday or over the weekend, a story came out about Tim Scott. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh, Tim Scott's running for president. Uh, he's currently polling in third place in Iowa. So all those white racist farmers mm-hmm. have Tim Scott in third place. <laughs> well, Except that they're not, you know, I mean, obviously they're not white racist, but it's just kind of funny. I mean, that's the perception. But I've been to Iowa. I mean, uh, some of the nicest people in the country are in Iowa. Uh, it's it's a mm-hmm. great place. And I, and I love the fact, and I'm not the first to comment on this, but I love the fact that the two, that Iowa has the first caucus, New Hampshire has the first primary. Not because they're white people, but because they're, you know, down-home American real people. 
And so you don't have the big cities. You don't have the glitz. You, uh, you also don't have the Democrat problems. You don't have the big cities. You don't have the money. You don't have as much corruption. You know, you literally have to go to people's homes and living rooms and talk to them like real people. And so these, both of these places are, are really such good tests uh, of politicians because they can't uh, do the BS. They can't just advertise, you know, like you can in California, New York, and the, and the bigger states, which are basically media markets. But Iowa in New Hampshire, I just wish that Trump wouldn't pander to the Iowa farmers because we need to end the ethanol subsidy. I don't want salad dressing in my car. I'm sick of this corn oil crap. So we need to get that. Right, there's, but, no reason to, yeah, there's no reason to have an ethanol subsidy. There just isn't. Go ahead. Yeah, so, uh, so with Tim Scott, you, you know he's getting close because now mm-hmm. the fake news has taken over. Um, Matt Schlapp, of all people, uh, now this mm-hmm. is the guy. I just who, want to slap for those of you. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, married with five kids who's been accused of groping uh, his male uh, associate. Uh, and the reason why I bring, I, this, first, this yeah. first I've heard of this, really. Oh, yeah, it, that's been going on for quite some time. The, the story's been guy going groper? on for quite some time. Well, it was his wife's uh, so, on the show, too. Wife's on, uh, on the media all the time, Mercedes Flap. She's, she's on with him sometimes, too. She's, 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 well, they're both like Fox Media mavens, so, yeah. Correct. So, but you know, but he is accusing Tim Scott of being gay, <laughs> and that's what's making the and that's what's making the news because because Tim Scott's never been married, and he doesn't have uh, illegitimate kids. He doesn't have any kids at all, um, right. you know. And so, so that is the conclusion is that he must be gay. Well, any time these days, he's actually pretty sensible. <laughs> have you seen divorce court? He's lately? very sensible. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, no, I like Tim that, Scott. That was his. You know, I love. I've loved Tim Scott, and if Trump wasn't mm-hmm. want, running for office, I'd be voting for Tim Scott. Uh, that's no, how I'd be voting like for Tim Robert Scott. Kennedy. Yeah, but uh, okay, now, he, anyways, needs depth, he, so, he needs more experience. He needs to do more foreign policy stuff. He needs to travel more. He needs to talk to more foreign leaders. See, President, I really uh, people I think miss this that the most important job of the president is foreign policy and national defense. That's the job. You know, nothing else pale. Nothing else comes close. Congress can take care of the domestic stuff. That's their job. Uh, the Supreme Court, you know, is there to screw up our laws. That's their job. But the president is really there. Uh, besides, you know, yes, they they administer the laws and you know, run the bureaucracies, but really it's foreign policy, uh, it's national, it's big policies and things like that. And I just don't think he has the depth for foreign policy yet, but that he can get that. He just needs to travel. Now, maybe he has traveled and I don't know about it, but uh, I want to see him in Jerusalem, in London, in um, Seoul, South Korea, Tokyo, and, and Sydney, Australia. He needs to travel. He needs to go to Bombay. You know, he needs to do like a world well, tour. Well, he has. You know. Oh, he has he done. He has done traveling. Um, okay. it, it's not extensive, and you know, I don't know, uh, you know, who he's actually met on his travels, but he has traveled. Um, yeah, within Bermuda the last, count. <laughs> you know, he's got a guy. Yeah, no, I don't think Bermuda. No, yeah. I, I, I know he's been to Israel at least once. Um, okay. Yeah, that's a well-documented trip. I don't mm-hmm. know where he branched off from there, though. To be honest with you. Uh, okay. But the thing is, is this, and, and this is the thing, and. Mm-hmm. And what everyone's missing about this story is the fact that, once again, here comes an outsider who is threatening the system, who cannot, who's not under control of the globalists, and he is starting to do better in the polls. So they're doing anything they can to knock him down. Is he a white supremacist yet? 
Well, he's not a white supremacist yet, but I'm sure he will be. And he's, <laughs> I mean, he's already, well, I mean, he, he's already been called Uncle Tom. So, you know, I guess that's the equivalent of white supremacy, we, we should, right? We should start a slogan. You aren't really black until you've been called a white supremacist. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind. So, but yeah, so, you know, so Tim, <laughs> Scott, Tim Scott is the, is the latest to really uh-huh. feel the effects of the globalists. And so he what's is. Uh, what's, uh, what's his anti-globalist policy? What is he known for? What's uh, what's his big thing? You know that that's the one thing that part of the Liberty Caucus. Uh, okay. You know, or if he's not, he's very much aligned with them. If he's not officially with them. So uh, uh, is that different than the House Freedom Caucus? Because I, I know the, the House Freedom Caucus. But the Liberty Caucus. Thing. Liberty Freedom. Yeah. Same yeah, thing. They're, they're, well, I mean, Liberty Caucus is lo- is local. Freedom is the national. Um, same same basic concept, uh, you know. I mean, he he's and communism stood, he's is worldwide. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, you know, we could get into that a little bit too on how the sure. news is glorifying uh, twenty communists who stood in front of a Jason Aldean concert, uh, trying to mock him, and they're making it sound like the communism is you know, on the rise, which, I mean, obviously it is on the rise in America hmm. because the media is, is bringing it to prominency. Well, yeah, they'll, um, they'll take the, the, the 20 most least represented people of an entire group, but the, the ones that they favor because they're communists, and you'll have like 50,000 people in the audience, you know, who's, who's like American. It's really kind of funny. Um, well, that's what happened in Iowa with uh, President, well, that's what happened in Iowa with President Trump over the weekend. He oh, went yeah. to the Iowa-Iowa State game. And, uh-huh. you know, there's three people who booed him, and the rest of the crowd was chanting his name. But the, right. all the media was talking about was the fans were booing President Trump. Well, no, they, and then, you know, goofball well, crowd, right? Governor DeSantis, <laughs> well, goofball yeah. Governor DeSantis jumps on it, not really yeah. paying attention and uh, claiming that, yeah, he's uh, President Trump's not liked in Iowa. You know, oh, please. You know, what an idiot! It, that's why DeSantis. That's why DeSantis keeps losing in these polls, and it, he keeps going down and down and down in these polls. And it's not because it's fake news; it's because this guy has no clue how to run a campaign. He's a complete well, yeah. goofball. I mean, he's, when it comes he's, to he's, listen, he, he should have stayed governor. He was doing a good job as governor. Just you know, learn learn from Trump. But he didn't do that because he's stupid and he's arrogant and he got uh, sucked up in the money thing and the ego. And, and, and some, you know, minions of the globalist deep state said, Ron DeSantis, you can beat John, uh, Donald Trump. We'll help you. We'll be right behind you. Now, now of course, they're way behind him. Now that it, once he's declared, it's like when a, when a Republican like uh, Mitt Romney or, or John McCain wins the nomination, all the people that, that said, you're the savior, you're the, you're the great one, you know, they turn on him completely and destroy him so the Democrat can win. I mean, this is, this is just like politics 101. But um, there's something I was going to say earlier about um, Tim Scott and Trump and things like that. Oh, I don't know what it is now. It's too bad. But uh, it's no, – anyway, keep going. I'm sorry. I'll think of it in a second. When you so anyway, so, so a little bit about – a little back about, about Tim Scott and why he's never been married, according to him. Um, okay. You know, he, yeah, so uh, he grew up in a very abusive household. Uh, his mm-hmm. dad was very abusive. Um, the mom ended up taking the two kids and basically running away from dad. Um, mm. So he's always had kind of – I don't want – the article talked about PTSD in you know in a relation in a marriage, but I don't think it's you know I think it's just more cautiousness than anything else. Uh, he was engaged one time; it didn't work out. Uh, how old is he? You know, and I, how old is he? Yeah, I knew. You, I was just I was just thinking that in my head. How old mm-hmm. he is? He's got to be. 
I think he's right around 46, 48, right around the 50 range probably because okay. about 10 years ago, 12 years ago is when he got engaged and he was right around 35 at the time. Yeah. See, that's more of a, of like a, a family child having age 35, especially if you marry someone that's like 28, 30, somewhere in there. Um, because, yeah, but, but, you know, for women after 35, you know, it becomes a lot harder to have kids. So if you're marrying to have a family, which to me is the only, really the only reason to get married. I mean, I can't see myself doing it, uh, you know, having, having raised a daughter and it's like, okay, that was cool. <laughs> that's actually a lot of fun. Um, but, um, but you know why? And I think, you know, men at a certain or anybody at a certain age, uh, you just, it's, it's far less likely for somebody, I, for a man, I would say over 45 to get married, uh, unless you marry somebody like 35. Uh, so if you marry somebody younger, if he wants to have kids, but if he just wants to get married just to be married, um, I don't know. But there's a freedom if you're a politician. He can travel anywhere. He doesn't have, um, you know, kids that are graduating or, do, or doing concerts or playing sports games or things like that. So he's a lot more freedom to travel as a single guy. Yeah, okay, but, but, so okay, so, okay so I see what you're saying here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mm-hmm. counter this with sure. why people do like – uh, married with kids, uh, politicians, uh, you have a different moral um, understanding of life. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that when, you know, and speaking from both sides, I've been married, I've been single, um, I've, um, you know, I've been divorced, you know, and, you know, mm-hmm. with kids yeah, in the too. situation, they weren't, All three. yeah, they weren't mine. <laughs> You've yeah, been there, done yeah, but, that, yeah. But they, were, but, yeah. they, but they weren't my kids, uh, but I helped yeah. raise a couple of them. Uh, oh, so, that, that's your kids, Dad. I don't care what anybody I, says, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 well, it is. And, but, yeah, and this is where I'm going with this whole thing is when I'm mm-hmm. with my wife and kids, I have a different perspective of life, um, and I have a different perspective of goals than I do hmm. when I'm single freelancing. Uh, you're talking about his freedom to travel and do everything else. Well, that's great if you mm-hmm. want to travel and stuff like that. But, you know, the the goal of all of mankind is to raise kids and mm-hmm. to repopulate the earth. That is the ultimate goal because if you don't do – if everyone was single and didn't have kids, we're one generation away from extinction. Oh, absolutely. Um, so no, I agree. Very, and we need to have more kids. Yeah, so yeah. – but <laughs> if, you, if you talk about <laughs> single people – yeah, if you talk about single people, you know, their voting habits a lot of times are different than married with kids, um, mostly because they are looking at it more from a family point of view. Um, and you tend, that's why I think that you tend to have more, um, you know, you know the, the traditional family be Republican and mm-hmm. where you had the dysfunctional families are more Democrat. And why you see the voting the way that you you the voting the way you do? And I was just going to say, conservatives are more likely to be married and happy in families. Conservatives are more likely to be happy, actually. Democrats are, are yeah. more likely to be single, addicted, dependent, you know, and uh, exactly. you know, living living lives of misery because nothing makes them happy. Knowing full well, we have a progressive well, it, reporter it, it, coming out in two or hours. Is it, <laughs> or, 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 or is that the fact? Or is it the fact that you know uh, the Democrats pander to the victimhood? And you're talking about drug addictions and people yeah. who are sucked up with anxiety and ADHD that they just allow themselves to be consumed by it mm-hmm. instead of trying to defeat it. Yeah. Um, and the Democrats well, kind of cater to that. And they cater to that single mom. And they're the ones who are single-handedly responsible for the destruction of the American family when they said, you know, when they promoted a uh, single mom household as the norm and something that, you know, they, they promoted it by giving welfare, extra welfare to single moms. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, but you, you, the key word, I think, is responsibility, because you just said that a minute ago, that I think people, um, people perceive the people who are single as not being responsible enough. They haven't demonstrated it. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. uh, talking to folks that, who criticized Matt Gates back when he was single. Uh, and they said uh, he hasn't run a business. He hasn't been married. He doesn't have kids. You know, he doesn't look as responsible as someone who does. And, and in our conservative veteran community, if you're a veteran, if you're married, if you have kids, um, then you're looked upon as being very responsible. And I happen to know one politician who gets that perfectly. He's got like eight kids, all right? Uh, but I wouldn't want him in office, you know, just because, because I interviewed him. I'm not going to mention his name. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and so, so the, the perception is that people are more responsible if they're married with kids. And I don't think that's necessarily true because a lot of times the responsibility, if you're, if you're somebody that enjoys being single and you're really devoted to a, a career and you, you've made the choice that you don't want to have kids, that could be as responsible or more responsible than having kids if that is better for you. Why would you, why would you raise kids in a family just to prove that you're responsible when you really don't want to do that? That would be a danger. So we need to look more into this. But I think that's perception people have. If you don't, if you're not married with kids, you're not as responsible as somebody who is. So why should I trust you with my vote if you can't even, you know, have? A, if you can't even, uh, no one's trusted you to marry you, and no, one, and you, and you don't even have kids. So I understand where that perception comes from. Does that make sense? Okay. So, so for, yeah, I, I, no, I understand exactly where you're coming from. And usually, mm-hmm. though, policy, you know, usually I'm not gonna say all the time because obviously I don't know the mindset, but. Most politicians don't get married and have kids just so that they have that perception to run for office. No, I don't. Um, I don't think they do. Yeah. I, I think they yeah, do for exactly. the normal reason. So, so that kind of yeah. so it kind of debunks your theory a little bit. But you no, know, on, on because the, a lot of people get married before the they coin, go into politics. Yeah, I think people get you know, married. Well, I was going to say on, on, on the yeah. other side of the coin though is do you want a politician who is single without obligation uh, to where they could focus all their time like a Tim Scott? Uh, focus mm-hmm. all their time on uh, bills and reading bills and, and getting to know your job properly to where mm-hmm. you're not trying to do that work-life balance? Or are you going to be like a, a Mike Pence or a Ron DeSantis um, mm-hmm. where, of course, you know, they're rich enough to where they have nannies and everything else or, and they're able to have a stay-at-home wife? Um, but, you know, or do you have that type well, of setup to where about. they're being distracted? <laughs> Well, he doesn't there need as much distracted. of a house in Washington. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. he can have his house in, in South Carolina and like, uh, you know, a little condo rental place up in Washington. He doesn't need a whole house there because he's not going back and forth. So he's saving money. Yeah. I, I you know, oh, yeah. I, I'd be more interested if he's in debt. You know, in other words, if he has massive mortgages and his credit cards are maxed out and he's leveraged stock options, you know, that kind of stuff. Because that, to me, so, would show more irres- irresponsibility. Uh, and that's just right. – and see, if, if, so if his financial house is in good order, I don't, I don't know how much disclosure there is for for Congress, but if his financial house is in tons. good order. Um, <laughs> tons, okay, so tons yeah. well, tons well, well, tell me about it. Because <laughs> so, if he's okay, financially so sound, that shows responsibility. So he had a I, – I forgot who ran against him a couple years ago, but they mm-hmm. made a big push to get him out. Uh, now he's not. Yeah, I mean, he's not. Yeah, I mean, he's a seasoned. I mean, I want to say what he's three terms in office, maybe now. Three, Scott, four, maybe not nah, two. Four, it's, uh, six years. So I don't know. Who well, was here before? I, I, I know Strom Thurmond. Well, who seat did he take? Uh, well, no, he, no, he was um, he was there when Obama was first there. I want to say, okay. um, if I'm not mistaken, because I know that by his popular name demand. Was, Sorry. Well, exactly. Well, honestly, that's kind of how I think he got into office was 
and how he got pushed into the presidency. I mean, he's been talked about presidency for quite some time, um, even when. Oh, he, yeah. Republicans uh, want a black president to prove they're not racist. Yeah, that's a stupid reason. Exactly. Now, I like Jim Scott, too. I'm not saying he's not a good yeah. candidate, but, but that's a question. How much is being black helped him in being a conservative black person in the Republican Party? Because that's like it's like the, the, the category du jour. Yeah, well, you know, so. I don't think it's you know, and you're seeing a you're seeing a slow change this uh-huh. year. Um, it's it's taken a very long time this year, but the dial is slowly turning. You're mm-hmm. not hearing as much about transgender as you were earlier this year because conservatives finally stood up and Democrats stood up and said, no, we are not buying into this. So the mm-hmm. transgender volume has turned down. Uh, the racist a card is being is been turned down just a little bit uh, because people are finally fed up with it and they're finally yep. realizing what is actually happening and it's on both sides of the aisle that they're finally realizing that we're being played and manipulated our emotions and you know we're not taking it anymore you know some of us ne- never took it from the beginning uh, but there's a lot of fly-by-nighters who are finally well, waking up to this fact. A lot of stuff doesn't work either, you know, and, and we have a transgender progressive reporter on the show, you know, and do I argue and do all kinds of stuff about that particular issue? No, you know, because they're my guests. But in terms of conservatives, what I think the left has found out is that conservatives are very much live and let live. So in other words, if you want to do something as a personal choice, we don't care. If you want to force a brand new civil right on us and, and make us do things to conform to your lifestyle, now you got a problem. And so I think right. that the conservatives have stood up and made that very clear. You know, it's like, it's like the gun issue. I, should talk, I want to talk about New Mexico for just a minute, too. It's like the gun issue. You know, it's like, leave us alone. You know, what are you doing? You know, you cannot take rights away. And I think the left has realized that this governor of New Mexico, who arbitrarily, you know, did something she cannot do, you know, ban guns for 30 days in Albuquerque. I think the left suddenly – I'm going to ask Bianca about this, but I think the left suddenly realized, well, if, the, if that governor can do that, then the governor of Texas can, can you know, declare that uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter have no free speech rights as a public health emergency. Correct. Because they cause riots. You know, so what's the difference? And, and both of those would be illegal, by the way. So, uh, so this is a fascinating phenomenon that the left is not – stopping they're not criticizing the lawsuits that are coming out against this governor uh the fact that the sheriff and the mayor refuse to enforce this bogus unconstitutional procedure my problem is that she hasn't been arrested for title 18 uh, section 241242 violating constitutional rights which is a felony and carries prison and, and fines she should be immediately arrested for a conspiracy to block the exercise and enjoyment of constitutional rights that is on the books People forget that. Yep. I would, if I was in that, if I was in that room in that governor said, I would have placed her under citizen's arrest immediately. And the county sheriff is right there. He says, hey, arrest her. Title 18, well, section 241242 well, violations. Yeah, okay, so, so you, just, mm-hmm. you just quoted something that I guarantee 99% of America doesn't even know about. Well, if they listen uh, to this show, that, <laughs> well, yeah, we and, know about and, it. And so it, it may come down to the fact that you may just have to send a little email over to the sheriff's department and say, hey, look, this is a violation. Because the sheriff already came out and said he's not going to enforce it. You know, so, that's a good idea. They're probably getting a lot of phone calls right now. But uh, anybody, let's see if I have somebody like New Mexico contacts. I know I have friends in Arizona. But this is, yeah, I mean, you know. All this is, because that's what I did in Arizona. Uh-huh. And I forgot what it was all about. I, it was back in 2012, 2013. There was a uh, incident in Arizona, and I don't remember exactly what it was. But I went mm-hmm. ahead and submitted 
Oh, so um, aiding in, uh, when the when the first illegal immigration was really becoming prominent in Arizona was the focal point of it all. Uh, uh-huh. I, I sent a, I sent an email to the attorney general saying, you know, um, by allowing these illegals to come in here and housing them, you're aiding and abetting, which is a felony. Absolutely. Um, you know, them crossing them crossing the border is not a felony, but housing them. Uh, housing a criminal is uh, does turn it, it's uh, two misdemeanors, which turns into a felony. Um, well, that's interesting. So, well, it's a felony yeah, because so, uh, so I went it's, ahead. It's illegal. But what ended up happening? Yeah, but yeah. what ended up happening was about a month and a half later. Next thing you know, they bring it up, um, and and they said that it is a felony, and you can't aid it in a bed, and it, mm. aiding and abetting became a very prominent vocal point in in Arizona as far as that goes. And then yeah. all of a sudden, everything just kind of got quiet as far as illegals, and they started focusing on Texas and everywhere else. Well, so sometimes cities. it's just a matter of, yeah. yeah well, it's just a matter of putting. You yeah. just sometimes you just have to put it in their brain because they're thinking we know it's illegal, but we don't know why it's illegal. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's a really you know, good I mean, point. It, it is. Yeah. No, that's a good. Point. It is, and yeah. you know, yeah. and you got that's a bunch true. of lawyers who are not willing to rock the boat because they're all getting money and favors from politicians so lawyers are useless unless you hire them to yep. do something and then yeah. you still have to be able to trust that they're going to do it in full um, people so it's, you know jonathan will tell you this too people understand that lawyers you don't have to be a lawyer to write law to exercise law to do citizens arrest lawyers biggest job is you have to be a lawyer to practice law before the you know before the bar you know, in other words, if that, that bar that separates, you know, the crowd from the judge, you know, where the defendants and the, and the plaintiffs are. And once you cross into that area to cross the bar, you have to pass the bar exam. You know, so lawyers are required to, to be able to practice law in court. But other than that, we can do pretty much everything else as non-lawyers. Correct. And I think people forget that. So, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, and sometimes that's all it takes is putting that statue out there and even mm-hmm. doing an op-ed in the local Albuquerque newspaper. Um, just uh, putting that law out there is enough mm-hmm. to stir up a crowd. And that's what it takes. I mean, that, yeah. that's how you get stuff done is you got to stir up a crowd because one person does not make a difference. You, ha- But that one person could get a group together to make a difference. I'll get Maxine Waters. And you get Title 18, Section 241, and you push back on them, and you get a crowd. <laughs> Where's Maxine Waters when I need yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that's true. No, it's, it's absolutely true. Well, and, and I think a lot of people do know, because I posted on Facebook a few times. Of course, these are friends, so these are people who would know this anyway. Uh, it's one of those things that, that I think should catch on. You know who I should talk to about that, actually, um, and, uh, is uh, Eric Pratt, who's the son of Larry Pratt. Uh, Larry Pratt was on the show back at WEBY uh, talking about our, our reverse registration uh, background check where the only the prohibited people uh, are listed on the computer. And if you're a prohibited person, you can buy a gun. So we actually had a way to reverse that. Um, but uh, you know, I get him on because he'd be because the, they're suing. They're suing right now. But it, it, I'm not sure. I, I got to find out what the grounds Gun Owners of America is suing, what grounds they're suing on. Because they should have Title uh, 18, and, and you don't sue on that, but you, you you arrest, and they should be calling for a citizen's arrest. Also, maybe uh, uh, who's the other group? Uh, oh, this, this is another gun like gun manufacturer, Military News. No, who's who's the other one? Mo Land or something like that. Real pro American gun manufacturing stuff website. Uh, I, I'll look into uh, Gun Owners of America. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think? It's an interesting backlash, isn't it? I mean, it's immediate on that it governor. Is. It, yeah, it, it is interesting, and you know, and the other uh, big backlash is going to come from 
uh, you know, I'm kind of changing my mind a little bit on whether Michelle Obama is going to run for president. But the name that I'm hearing now is the witch in Michigan. Um, uh, witch Widmer? <laughs> I've been calling her Witch Widmer yeah. since her first uh, dictatorship decree. Yeah. Well, you know, I heard yesterday, yeah. somebody, who was on yesterday? Was it Pianchi? Whoever was on late yesterday was talking about the fact that Hillary Clinton and Jill Biden are meeting. I can yeah. easily see a Clinton-Jill Biden ticket. Trying to, I'm going to ask Bianca that about be that, coming out of Democrats. That'd be, yeah, yeah. Uh, she is, she's helping out with, uh, it's an, what is it, educational push um, that they're going to do together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was funny to see Clinton's name being popped back up while Joe mm-hmm. is. Uh, she still wants to be president. Yeah. She has no hope whatsoever of ever becoming president. Even Democrats no. don't like her. Um, so is, her. there's no well, hope. You know why? Yeah, there's, yeah. My famous line on, well, she, on uh, Hillary Clinton, she sounds like all of our ex-wives and girlfriends. <laughs> exactly. So men will never vote for her. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Women won't even vote for her. I mean, honestly, Democrats aren't going to vote for her. Republicans aren't going to vote for her. Independents aren't going to vote for her. The only people who are going to vote for her are the blue pink hair people out there yeah. that will vote for her. Then that's about it. And then, no, women, then women over vote. 50, white, white liberal women over 50 will vote for her. That's about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, but, what, but I think Michelle Obama, the best song came from Dick Morris. I was watching him either last Saturday or Saturday before. So Michelle Obama will never run for president because she'd have to work. Michelle Obama yeah, never did anything. I, I saw that she never did anything as first lady. Got, she took yeah, vacations really with Air Force One. Yeah. yeah. She never I did mean, anything. I, I think she like. yeah, I think she does like the, the spotlight, but I don't think oh, she yeah. likes what comes with the spotlight, and that's work. No, she won't work. No, she won't work. Yeah. Michelle yeah, Obama hates so, work. Well, but so she wouldn't have to, to because well, mm-hmm. she doesn't have to work because uh, Barack would do all the work. Yeah, exactly. And she'll just uh, well, we used to, I used to joke around about uh, she used Air Force One as her personal SUV. <laughs> she just like yeah. hire friends and take them to you know Monaco, <laughs> wherever she wanted to go, on taxpayer exactly. Expenses. I mean, she owes the Treasury billions of dollars in uh, in travel in, in uh, illegal travel expenses. So, yep. so that's what I think of Michelle. I don't think much of Michelle. Obama. I, I, my time well, is not here, here so I got to. Okay. Well, I got to okay, go, go earn my dollar for today, mm-hmm. so I got to let you guys. Uh, and okay. then We will talk more next week. Uh, next week, I want to get into uh, Tucker Carlson's interview with uh, Barack Obama's "quote unquote" boyfriend from college. Uh, that was quite an interesting uh, interview. I saw I don't that. Know if you caught that or not? Oh, I saw so, the whole thing. Are you kidding? That was hysterical. How come that wasn't yeah, major news? So. Yeah, well, Tucker had the best line. Here's, here's the line that you want to you want to quote. When he said, uh, uh, "He says, I wish I could have interviewed you when Barack was running." He says, "But that interview never would have aired." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, I'm going to earn my dollar for today. You guys have a good rest of the show. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Uh, let's see where Wendy is because uh, we need to uh, see what's going on here. Um, I bet she's going to call in any second now. Well, let me just, I'll do my, my quick intro of our information, and I will be right back. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. 
please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. All right, so we should have uh, Wendy any second now. Um, getting to her report, uh, the Oh My God report. I mean, how many stations have a, how many shows have an Oh My God report? <laughs> we do. It was basically kind of fun. All right, until then, let me talk about some of the things that are uh, uh, of interest to me today. Of course, the title of the show, uh, which is to impeach Brandon or not to impeach Brandon, that is the question. And, and the bigger question I have is if you impeach Brandon, are you legitimizing the coup? So you, you can't impeach somebody who's not president or is not holding a legitimate or is not legitimately holding federal office. You, I mean, judges are impeached, presidents are impeached, uh, various office holders like the attorney general, those kind of people, the secretary of defense, those kind of people that are committing, you know, high crimes and misdemeanors, uh, they get impeached. Uh, Supreme Court judges can be impeached simply for bad behavior. Their standard is, is, is much different. It's a much stricter standard uh, because of who they are. Not that they have any more authority than Congress or the, or the president. They don't. They think they do, but they actually don't. And that's reason enough to impeach them, too, because they have exercised bad behavior, thinking that they are, are superior uh, in terms of what they can do over the other branches of government. And so I wonder, I would not impeach Brandon. I would arrest him, you know, for stealing the election, you know, and, and for, you know, bribery, corruption. Uh, and everything else that he's done as a public official you know, when he was vice president, you know, and it's, it's right there on tape, you know, as, hey, tell so-and-so that they have to be fired or you're not getting your billion dollars. No, well, you're not the president. I said, yeah, we'll call him. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've all seen that tape a million times. So Brandon is guilty of so many things, but uh, he's not president. So I, I fear in, in my kind of technical warped way that if you impeach Brandon, you know, for, uh, um, and for all his high crimes and misdemeanors while he is occupying the White House, you justify his occupying the White House and you give him a title that he doesn't have. Oh, yeah, they sworn him in all this other kind of stuff. I, mean, I, I know the logistics and the legalities of it. Technically, as we all know, he did not win the election. We know he did not get enough uh, votes to be Donald Trump. We know that it's impossible. It would have been impossible for him to get enough votes to be Donald Trump in a free and fair election. There's no way. And the evidence of his previous elections proves it, that he, every time he ran, you know, even when he was mentally competent, and he's still an idiot. He's always been an idiot. You know, who, I was just listening to uh, Trump on, uh, on an interview who talked to uh, Ted Kennedy way back when. And he said, uh, who's the smartest senator? And he didn't reveal the name. Trump didn't reveal the name. But it, uh, he asked Ted Kennedy, well, who's the dumbest? And Ted Kennedy says, Joe Biden. <laughs> so, I, I mean, even in his prime, he was an idiot. So do you think that the American people are stupid enough and crazy enough to vote for an idiot in a declining mental state who's even, you know, more... Uh, or even less capable of, of doing the job 
uh, or doing anything right for this country. You know, over Donald Trump, who had you know a fabulous economy, great energy prices, prices opened up uh, North. Talked to you know Kim Jong of North Korea. You know, had the Abraham Accords in the Middle East, did unbelievable things while under two bogus impeachments, and he still did amazing things. So you think that, that, that Trump, and with all the amazing things he did, considering all the, the duress he was under from the deep state, would lose to Brandon, who did nothing, was not even popular, who never did well in, even the, in Democrat primaries, even his own party doesn't like him? So, so logic and reason says there's no way for him to win. It would have been impossible. So that's the question. My answer is no. You do not impeach him. You arrest him. I, th- I, I absolutely believe that impeaching him would, would legitimize the coup, and I think they're, they're waiting for that to happen. I also want to talk to Bianca von Krieg, our, our progressive reporter uh, from the left coast, uh, about the fact that are they kind of secretly hoping that the GOP will impeach to sort of get rid of Biden for them. So it doesn't look like the Democrats are turning on Biden. They can blame the Republicans for going after Biden while secretly hoping they succeed behind the scenes. So they don't have to do it. That I think that, that's that to me, that's an interesting question. Um, the other question is on Kamala Harris. Everybody's like, well, she'd be worse. Well, how, <laughs> how could, you know, what policies would she do that are worse than what policies Brandon doing? See, I don't think she'd do anything worse. Uh, in some ways, it might be interesting because she, she does have her mental faculties. Now, I disagree with everything she believes. I think she's totally corrupt. I think she's a complete opportunist. You know, I think she got her start, you know, uh, way back in uh, um, San Francisco with Mayor Willie Brown, who found her and, you know, plucked her out of nowhere and made her from an obscure person to, you know, to citywide, statewide, and eventually national prominence. You know, and so she's, she's running on, on who she knows, but not what she's accomplished, because what she's accomplished, she's a gun grabber. <laughs> you know, ask the, ask the SKS owners in California, you know, who were told to register the guns and they wouldn't uh, be gone after, and then she goes and confiscates them. And you look at that story, it's kind of interesting. So would Kamala Harris be worse than Brandon? No, but I'll tell you what, she would galvanize Trump supporters even more. Uh, than Brandon, uh, because we know Brandon's an incompetent old man and he's, he's mentally declining. And so there's still a certain amount of forgiveness. People go, oh, you know, he's old, but he shouldn't be there. If you're, you, know, you don't get to be the president just because it's your turn. <laughs> okay, that's not how it works, uh, even though both uh, parties seem to think so. Um, but uh, as far as it goes, I, would, I actually would kind of be curious to see Kamal Harris there. The only, the only problem I would have is that in the history books should be recorded as president. Which, which is that to me is just, you know, revolting. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, you know, blood curdling, stomach turning, you know, but for the good of the country, uh, in terms of having Kamala be um, Perez, you know, sitting in that White House office, uh, doing all the stupid things she's doing, saying all the stupid things she's saying. See, she would actually have to answer. See, she wouldn't have the, the plausible deniability of mental uh, uh, decline. Because we know she's not mentally declining. I mean, she's kind of wacko, <laughs> you know. And I think her her morals are completely void of. I think she's believed void of morals. I think she's just totally devoted to power. But that would be interesting to actually have her in a press conference having to answer. And would the Democrats ask her questions too? And then secretly behind the scenes is always Hillary. You know, is is Hillary and um, Jill Biden, you know, America's greatest elder abuser. Um, you know, are they teaming up? I mean, there's always seems that this happens. There's a lot of very interesting stuff going on here. So that's something I find interesting. Uh, another thing in the news, the, the CIA uh, has been paying off people. Uh, let me see if I can find that article for you here. 
uh, anyway, this is this is from American Military News. I was looking for a couple of sites with Bill. Uh, this I think it's Ammo Land or something else. Does some incredible articles. Um, uh, anyway. I know it's one of the gun magazines. It does this really great investigative reporting. Soldier of Fortune does some good stuff, too. You want to read them. Anyway, this is from uh, American Military News. Uh, featured story, and I'm going to get you September 12th, so that would be yesterday. Elizabeth Lawrence uh, is the author of the article. And it says, the CIA allegedly offered officials investigating the origins of COVID-19 a significant monetary incentive. Uh, that would be a bribe. <laughs> Let's speak in plain language. That's a bribe. To say they were, quote, unable to determine. In other words, lie <laughs> where the virus started, and that's the COVID virus. Instead of saying it originated out of Wuhan lab leak, an agency whistleblower reportedly told Congress. So I want to, I want to, uh, uh, I want to get a video of that. So I'll be, I'll be looking for the video. Anyway, the article says House Coronavirus Subcommittee Chairman Brad Wenstrup, who is really good. I've seen him uh, on video before. So this guy is uh, just exceptional. He's the one who did that that COVID. Um, it, was a, it was a hearing not too long ago on the censorship and all the lies that came out. So Brad Redstrup is one of the good guys. He says, and House Intelligence Committee Chair Mike Turner sent letters to the CIA and a former official over the whistleblower testimony. Fox News Digital reported. Okay, fine. First of all, uh, GOP, stop sending letters. Uh, they don't care. <laughs> the CIA doesn't care. Merrick Garland doesn't care. The DOJ doesn't care. They don't care if you send letters. What you need to do is haul their asses in under a subpoena and grill them and ask them real questions. And when they say that's part of an ongoing investigation, they go, we don't care. We've got oversight over ongoing investigations. Tell us. Well, I have to tell you in secret session. No, you don't. Let me tell you what I know. (laughs) Just get it out there in the open. That's what they should do. Anyway, article says the Select Committee on the Coronavirus Pandemic and the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence have received new and concerning whistleblower testimony regarding the agency's investigation into the origins of COVID-19. And that's Winstrip and Turner wrote to CIA Director William Burns on Tuesday. Okay, so what are the origins of COVID-19? Um, Dr. Fascist, uh, who's that guy uh, in the, the North Carolina lab? DARPA, the defense. Uh, it, COVID resulted from a defense department and uh, North Carolina lab. I forgot what the one. I'm trying to think of the... the, the the person that was involved. So COVID is a domestic product. Okay. It was originally a defense thing. Uh, the vaccine is not a vaccine. You know, the COVID shots originally from Moderna, which is a government sponsored corporation entity uh, that started working on, on uh, COVID stuff or coronavirus uh, messenger RNA shots uh, back in 2010. So they already been working on it for 10 years. Uh, I think the vaccine quote unquote, you know, the messenger RNA shot came 10, came years before actually they created COVID. Ralph Barrick, that's something. So Ralph Barrick, DARPA, North Carolina, those are the ones that created uh, the, the coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 from SARS-CoV-1, you know, which was lab done also. They, uh, Obama stopped the gain of function, in other words, making it more infectious and, and possibly more deadly. That kind of work. So it's not natural. It's not a naturally occurring virus. So, so they took, they took a, a naturally occurring coronavirus and kind of like gave it an octane booster. <laughs> You know, so they souped it up. So Ralph Barrick, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, DARPA, the defense, something, the military, you know, got together and made this this really sick virus. Uh, and then the Obama did one thing right. You know, I got to give credit where credit is due. He did one thing right. He said, you can't do gain of function research anymore in the United States. So Dr. Fascist moves his operation to Wuhan, China, you know, uh, you know, gets in bed with the, uh, the uh, Chinese Communist Party and the, the People's Liberation Army and says, hey, guess what? We got a, we got a really cool thing here. We want to uh, make this in your lab because we can't make it in our lab. And by the way, we'll share all the technology and our national secrets and everything else. And the Chinese are like, oh, great idea. Okay, yeah, come on to Wuhan. It's a secure lab. 
<laughs> and then they say, then the, but of course it leaked, <laughs> you know, or it got out or it was leaked intentionally. I said, oh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's from the Batcave. That's where it came from. It came from the Batcave and a pangolin. Does anybody know what a pangolin is? <laughs> I, I actually do. It's kind of a, it's like an armadillo, only bigger with scales on its feet. It's kind of interesting. I think it's an anteater. Uh, anyway, so uh, so I, uh, so this is, if it's an anti, then you have to assume that maybe ants carry the coronavirus. I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, so this this jumping species nonsense, and Dr. Fash, this is on the news doing that now too. No, it's not happening. Anyway, so we've got here. It says a, this is the article says a multi-decade senior level current agency officer that would be CIA has come forward to provide information to the committee regarding the agency's analysis into the origins of COVID-19. Well, why would the CIA be involved? Well, pretty simply because the defense department's involved and they work together. There are 17 intelligence agencies that all, you know, do lunch. <laughs> They're all part of the, the intelligence community. So they'll reinforce each other's illegal actions and defend each other's illegal actions and each other's violations of the Constitution, and they all work and share everything. I mean, that's just what happens. So it's the, the NSA, the NRO, that's the National Reconnaissance Office, the FBI, CIA, you know, the, the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, you know, you've got the, and then you've got the separate ones, the Air Force, the, the Navy, the Army, they all have their separate intelligence agencies, you know, plus uh, who else? State Department, they have their own one, I'm sure. I think they do. I don't know what it's called. So all, these, so all these different intelligence agencies, you know, protect the government and protect their power in Washington, the nation of government. And so Washington, D.C., think of it as its own nation, its own separate government, but that's what they do there. Anyway, so it makes sense that the CIA would protect the origins of COVID since they're the ones that helped create it. <laughs> you know, somehow I haven't traced it back, but why else would, they, would be, why else would the CIA be so defensive if they didn't have a hand in either creating it, protecting it, getting money from it? Um, or somehow, I don't, know what the, I don't know what the connection is with the CIA, but we'll find out. You know, it, the, it's all one big incestuous group in Washington, you know. And so all the agencies, you know, basically have sex with each other. <laughs> it's kind of how it works, right? So they're all incestuous, uh, and they all work together, and they're all connected by computer. All right, rambling on. According to the whistleblower, at the end of its review, six of the seven members of the team believed that intelligence and science were sufficient to make a low-confidence assessment that COVID-19 originated from a lab in Wuhan, China. Well, it didn't originate from a lab in Wuhan, China. It originated from a lab in North Carolina with Ralph Barrick and Dr. Fascist and the Defense Department. That's where it originated. It was moved to Wuhan, China because they couldn't do the research here anymore. Uh, so this is actually kind of inaccurate in this article. All right. The next quote, the seventh member of the team, who also happened to be the most senior, was the one officer who believes COVID-19 originated through zoonosis. Oh, there's an interesting word, zoonosis. So that would be the Greek root word zoo, which I guess means animal. <laughs> Z-O-O-N-O-S-I-S. Uh, it says the whistleblower further contends to, that to come to the eventual public determination of uncertainty, the other six members were, a, were given a significant monetary incentive to change their position. In other words, they were bribed. <laughs> they were bribed. Let's put this real They were bribed to lie. That's what they were doing. They were bribed in order to lie. All right. Um, quarter eight, we've got a little bit of time before Bonnie gets here. Obviously, something happened to, uh, to Wendy, which happens. You know, stuff happens. Uh, that's okay. Uh, oh, oops. Wendy told me yesterday. Apparently, she wasn't going to be here today. I didn't know. I missed it. <laughs> Sorry, Wendy. So that's okay. I'm always prepared for these little eventualities just in case. I have more stories. I have a story that's just kind of sitting around for an occasion like this, uh, and that is the, uh, the story of the, of the plane that crashed into the, world, the Empire State Building. There, I, I started looking, and there – Something happened that was very interesting the other day while I was looking for, for pictures of airplanes that had crashed into buildings. And although there were multiple stories 
of airplanes that had crashed into buildings. For some reason, there were no pictures. And I think the reason there were no pictures is they, uh, they want to show you how little damage an airplane actually does when it crashes into a building. Now, the airplane gets completely destroyed. But the building actually does pretty well because buildings are really strong. They have steel, things like that. Airplanes have you know, aluminum. They got steel in the wing spars and the main spar down the airplane, like a keel of a ship. But for the most part, they're aircraft aluminum, which is very thin. They have to be thin because they have to be light. They have to be light so they can fly, <laughs> you know, because they carry a lot of weight. They carry a lot of fuel, a lot of passengers, and a lot of baggage, all right? So in order to carry fuel, passengers, and baggage, they have to be uh, light in everything else. And, of course, for those who believe in such nonsense, they have to have their chemtrail tanks. <laughs> that was funny yesterday. If you didn't hear yesterday's show, we had a great time with, uh, uh, with the caller. But uh, anyway, so I remembered that a plane had crashed into uh, the Empire State Building back uh, back around World War II. So I looked it up. Now, it was a B-25. Now, a B-25 is a pretty substantial airplane. Now, is it as big as a 757, 67? No, not even close. Does it go as fast? Uh-uh. <laughs> you know, but uh, the planes that crashed into the World Trade Center were doing, I'm not sure how fast they were going, 300 miles. They weren't going five or 600 miles an hour. They weren't. But they're doing like three or 400 miles, you know, I don't know how fast they were going. But uh, a World War II bomber can do 200 to 300 miles an hour. Uh, and so it's, not, it's, it's slower, but it's a lot lighter. And it carries a lot less fuel. But one would think, one would think, because uh, propeller aviation, Avgas, is far more flammable than jet fuel. One would think that a medium World War II bomber with two, and I've been in a B-25. It's a fairly substantial airplane, right? One would think that a, a plane as big as a B-25 Mitchell bomber slamming into the Empire State Building would still create a massive flame and an explosion and would do substantial damage. But you look at the picture, and I post this on my Facebook page, you look at the picture, and it looks so bad. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> okay. So this is Yahoo News, uh, Mark Puello, October 19th, 2021. This is the other time a plane crashed in New York City skys- skyscraper. And they got a big circle of pictures. You've got to look hard to find where the airplane crashed into it. Empire State Building's fine. It's still there, obviously. Uh, sleepless in Seattle. They met at the top of the building. Was it Sleepless in Seattle? One of those. It was one of those Tom, no, it was Tom Hanks film. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he wasn't in uh, uh, Harry Met Sally. That was the other one. Yeah, so it's Sleepless in Seattle. They meet at the top of the World Trade Center. Uh, and apparently, I mean, at the top of the, world, of the Empire State Building. So it's still there. <laughs> you know, anyway. So it says, the other time the plane crashed into the New York City skyscraper, there's one date that most people associate with a plane crashing into the tallest building in New York City, but 56 years before September 11th, uh, 2001, an aircraft navigating through challenging weather collided with a different Manhattan landmark, one that was the tallest skyscraper in the world at the time. The parallels of the two crashes are still used to this day to teach pilots. Yeah, well, you also need to teach uh, structural engineers, too. <laughs> or they have something to teach us. This is on July 28, 1945, a B-25 bomber piloted by Lieutenant Colonel William Franklin Smith Jr. took off from Bedford, Massachusetts. That's where I learned to fly. <laughs> That's interesting. Bedford, Massachusetts, uh, intending to drop out passengers in Newark, New Jersey, before commuting, continuing on to South Dakota. Well, that's a long flight. Smith was, de- was a decorated pilot as a member of the Air Force's 457 bomb group, having logged more than 1,000 combat hours in World War II, during which he piloted through intense action across Europe. So this guy's no, he's not a bad pilot. He was, was an exceptional pilot. It was his Time magazine reported that Smith uh, hammered at targets in central Germany per his obituary in the Point Alley uh, magazine. But in New York City, on that fateful Saturday in July, Smith encountered a new type of aerial attack, fog. Yeah, fog, uh, fog's deadly. Fog, uh, I've, I've flown small planes. You know, I've taught f- to fly small planes in clouds and things like that. And uh, when it's foggy, you just don't take off. You don't land. You, you go somewhere else, right? 
This is before the, the B-25 Mitchell bomber could depart to for the New York City area. The dense fog enveloped the region. Uh, visibility almost to zero, air traffic controllers told Smith, according to Arthur Weingarten's book, The Sky is Falling. So you can actually take off in, uh, when you have you know, zero visibility. You can't land, <laughs> but uh, you, you can take off. And, of course, once you take off, you've got to follow the, the instrument flight path to keep you away from hitting things. That's the whole point of, of instrument flight paths. Here we go. It says, the gaping hole circled at the 78th and 79th floors of the Empire State Building in New York marks the place where the B-25 Army bomber crashed into the structure on July 28, 1945 killing 13 people. Photo, it's not a lot of people, but it was a Saturday. There weren't a lot of people there, so that actually makes sense. Photo was made July 29th after the dense fog that helped cause the crash dissipated. Towering high above the rest of the buildings in the city was the famed Empire State Building, which was completed in 1931. Now, what this article doesn't deal with is the main thing, that there wasn't that much damage to the building. Okay, I mean, this is, this is the crazy part, right? There's not that much damage. This is a big airplane, big twin-inch World War II bomber. Boom. Goes into the side of the Empire State Building. No massive fire, even though aviation gas is more flammable than jet fuel. Um, no big explosions. It just went in and collapsed and fell apart, and they repaired the building, and off it goes. <laughs> you know, this is a plane supposed to see from the north tower. You know, so, you know, so, but um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so apparently he, I, I don't think he was the best with the, uh, he's probably advised not to fly through New York. All right, so here's a picture. It says the effect of fog and low visibility conditions on pilots is well understood. All right. So you have a picture of the plane when it actually hit. So I got a 1945 picture. Uh, there is smoke, you know, coming out of the, uh, of the building. So obviously there was, the plane had some kind of an explosion when it got in there, but it didn't do any structural damage. Now, I don't expect it to do as much damage as a, as a 757 or 767, but it should have done some. It doesn't look like it did any except for, you know, going through the windows and getting into the building. But I don't think that any structural damage of any kind damage was done at all. So this article keeps talking about the weather, but it doesn't talk about what actually happened. I don't see any, anything about the building. That is the interesting part. All right, let's go to another article here. I, I know I had another one. Ah, oh, here we go. Uh, here's one from the Spokesman Review. It says, further review, crash by Charlie Apple. Spokesman Review, a U.S. Army uh, Air Force B-25 bomber attempting to maneuver over New York City in heavy fog flew into the side of the Empire State Building. Uh, 75 years ago, all three aboard died. Looks like Bonnie's on the line, so I'm going to bring her on early here. So Lieutenant, I'm see if I can find something different in this article. Lieutenant Colonel William Smith was a highly decorated pilot, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Uh, Smith found New York Here we go. Smith's 12 ton. Okay, 12 ton. That's how big this airplane was, 12 tons. So that's 24,000 pounds. 12 tons. You're right. Each ton is 2,000 pounds. 24,000 pound airplane plowed into the 79th floor of the Empire State Building at about 200 miles an hour. That's probably about the same speed. Maybe, maybe the other ones were 300. I don't know, but it's, 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 it's somewhere around the speed that the airplanes plowed into the World Trade Centers. Okay? The plane's wings were sheared off, okay? parts of them clipping, uh, clinging to the gaping hole uh, in the side of the building. You remember seeing any wings of uh, airplanes in, in uh, the World Trade Center? Hmm, how about that? How about the tail? How about any wreckage at all of airplanes in the World Trade Center? Hmm. Nope. No engines, no wings, no tail, nothing. We were supposed to believe that they all flew the building and exploded, and there's no trace of the airplanes left. Yet, a B-25 Mitchell bomber going into the Empire State Building at 200 miles an hour, the wings are immediately sheared off. Parts of them climbing to the gaping hole, the wings were left on the outside of the building. Well, wings are wings. The wings of a B-25 are not as big. 
<laughs> you know, but they but wings are designed to be sheared off to absorb the part of, uh, you know, if they collide with something, they're absorbed to do that so that the, the, the body of the airplane doesn't completely get destroyed, too. It's like crash zone on a car, right? There's 800, uh, 800 gallons of aviation fuel poured out of the puncture tanks and down the hallways and stairways. Flames shot upward as far as the 86th floor observation deck. So, so we got uh, we got 79 to the 86th. So that would be seven floors. Flames shot up. Did the elevators keep working? Apparently. Any floors collapse? Apparently not. So you got flames in a building far older than the World Trade Center with far less fire protection because it was older, right? Uh, maybe they had asbestos. Flying into the Empire State Building at 200 miles an hour, 24,000 pounds of airplane, 800 gallons of aviation fuel, which is far more flammable than jet fuel, pours in, creates a fire, and yet there's no structural damage to the, uh, the Empire State Building. They just repair it. That, to me, is fascinating. No collapses, no floor collapses. No, I mean, obviously, the, the surface damage is huge because the airplane went in a big hole in the Empire State Building, right? But structural damage? Nope. <laughs> they just repaired it, and off they went. That, to me, is fascinating. Again, it's not the news that's reported. It's, it's what's not in the news that I find the most interesting. In fact, we're going to have a segment uh, on that from Bonnie. Let me bring it on right now. And... Uh, um, there we go. Here we go. So my apologies again, Bonnie. I was uh, dedicated to restoring my website, writeyourlaws.com, during all the time I was going to redo your theme. <laughs> so we can, I can replay part of your theme That's okay. or we can just skip over it. Do you want to hear part of your theme? Uh, sure, yeah. sure. You can play part of it. <laughs> let's get let's, So th- this, is, this is the theme that's going to be disappearing here uh, at some point uh, very soon. Let me see if I can just scroll down here and find it. Uh, we're sort of uh, – actually, let me play – I want to have a little fun here before we get to the serious topics. We got you for a while. I used to play a theme for Wendy. Wendy couldn't make it this morning, and I didn't – she left me a note, and I didn't see it. That's why I've been so, like, vamping this half hour. Um, but she – there's one thing gotcha. that Wendy absolutely hates. What, this, I was going to play it for her. This is the one she can't stand. When all about is corruption, debauchery, and anarchy – when everyone is losing their way, buried in a mountain of fake news and propaganda, there is a place you can go where beauty and poetry of the mind get to play. Where is that place? Where is that space of wonder and magic? Where else? The Action Radio Arch Report with Wendy Arthur. Yeah, she couldn't stand that, but I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, she used to do the art report. As oh, well it goes the, against everything Wendy is. It's it's very artsy fartsy, and um, that is. Oh. It, she she's much more above that. <laughs> why do you think I made it that way? <laughs> that's why she hated it because it's not uh, like no. her at all. But uh, I have that's what Clearly. makes it fun. So I'm gonna do another report for you. But anyway, so yeah, we had a problem. We're we're constantly being hacked, and it was interesting this time they went after the list of bills. So obviously that's the part that mm-hmm. upsets the deep state the most. The fact that uh, they left my site alone, they left my frequently asked questions and my information on how to write a bill, but the actual bills themselves, they blocked. That, to me, is fascinating. I'll ask you about that in a second. So I'm going to play as much of this report uh, until I start duplicating. I'll probably cut it off at the wrong place again this week, but let's, let's get on here. And then we're going to change Bonnie's report to the B-word report. Ominous, I know, but we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, I, I've got some ideas for that. So this is the old report, uh, never to be heard again. There she sits, behind the microphone, a mild-mannered radio talk show host, news and weather person. Now, Mikey, that's that part. only part of the story. She's really mm-hmm. a secret mm-hmm. agent. Meet Bonnie Nesbitt, or as we address her, 
Bond. Jane Bond. Jane Bond travels the world incognito, trying to ferret out the world's most interesting stories. And talking to the world's most dangerous people. So join us now as we go into the secret world of our secret agent, Bonnie Nesbitt, with her secret report, available exclusively on Action Radio. And now, I got to hold it there. We, we got to get her back again. <laughs> Bonnie, uh, was it something I said? She left. <laughs> Bonnie, call back. <laughs> you know, but anyway, so uh, what I, uh, as soon as I get her back, oh, there she goes. All right. So, uh, here, I'm uh, here, I'm here. It, what, I don't know what was happened. It that bad you, was it that bad you left? Was it something I said or what? <laughs> no, no, it was nothing you said. Okay, I just uh, somehow something got disconnected. I'm here. Okay, good. Anyway, so what, what I found is that uh, you don't talk to the most dangerous people. You don't do secret reports. You, what your stuff is very upfront, which is fine. Right. So we just need to make this more accurate. So we yes. need to, to actually describe the report because right. we built an image that wasn't true, and I don't like mm-hmm. to do that. So we're going to fix that. Anyway, so never right. to be heard again. We're done. <laughs> we're done with that report. So I'm going to scrap it, take it out, and then we're yes. going to go. Um, what do you think of – have you heard about the story about the B-25, uh, the Mitchell bomber, the 24,000-pound, 800-gallon-fueled aviation, highly flammable aviation gas airplane that slammed into the State Building and didn't collapse anything? <laughs> I find that fascinating. No. no. I mean, that's an incredible story, and I had not heard of it. I was listening to mm-hmm. you talk about it a little bit before I came on, and that was the first mm-hmm. I had heard of it. Mm. Yeah. See, I got a memory. So, obviously, why? Yeah, oh yeah, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I looked it up. Yeah. No, I, I, I always thought it was interesting too. Like, there's so many conspiracy theories, if you want to call them that, but there's different theories out there as far as what happened, and a lot of people believe a lot of different things. But I always found mm-hmm. it hard to believe what was initially reported by the media, and that goes mm-hmm. right into the trust and the mistrust that we now have with the media on a regular basis. We just, mm-hmm. we listen to what they have to say and we know that there's bias behind it and there's not factual reporting behind it. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's misleading to so many people to just believe what's on the news and not take it upon themselves to really think about, well, why, why are they saying that it was absolutely blown up and there's not any piece of the wreckage? All we found was wreckage of the building and not wreckage of the planes. And so it leads into the belief that yes, there clearly is something more that was behind the scenes here. So well, I, I couldn't find any wreckage in the Pentagon. I thought either. it was interesting. You know, and although Jonathan mm-hmm. exactly. was on the show Monday, Jonathan told us, and he was in Washington mm-hmm. on 9-11. Uh, and so, and he said that mm-hmm. he saw, he, he had friends, and he reported this on the show, that friends saw an airplane, you know, flying overhead into the Pentagon. And I'm thinking, could they have seen a drone with wings? You know, I mean, a cruise missile or a drone. You know, because they have wings. You know, the the drones fly like airplanes. Yeah. And so, and most people are are aviation, you know, illiterate. <laughs> you know, uh, not saying that they're lying, but they just don't know. If you see a, a drone up close, mm-hmm. it could look like an airliner far away. Uh, anything with wings in the air, especially when you're driving, you're glancing at it. Uh, it could very well look like uh, right. an airplane, an airliner. When in actual fact, exactly, uh, it's it's either a missile or a drone. So I'm not convinced because airplanes always leave wreckage. Where's the wreckage in Pennsylvania? Right, they do. You know, unless they took it away. Uh, yeah, are there I know. pictures in Are there pictures in Pennsylvania of the tail of the airplane or the wings? You plant an airplane to the ground, Not you got wreckage everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I've studied exactly. airplane accidents. Exactly. You know, I'm a flight instructor. I've studied airplane accidents. I know exactly what they look like. Right. You know, it's always right. the tail's always there, and the tail actually has the airline on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you know who you know who it is, okay? Because the airline is like to advertise. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So so uh, and then yeah. of course there's Building Seven, which is the only uh, plane to be not hit by. Uh, uh, an airplane and still collapse. <laughs> that's that's the fascinating one. Right. Oops. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. But uh, see, that Mitchell story should have been all over the news, the, the, the World War II bomber. Uh, it should have been. Recently. But go to my Facebook page, Special Investigations page. I've got a couple articles there on it. Uh, it's on my main page. You just got to scroll down. But uh, the, that's the kind of thing that goes in Special Investigations. That's someplace you might want to check anyway. If you're, you're saying, what's on Greg's mind today? <laughs> you know, that's, that's where I'll, that's where yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, uh, what you been thinking? Yeah. What's going on? What's, uh, what's on your mind this week? Oh, you know, I've got a couple of different things. And one of the things <laughs> that I wanted to, I want to lightly touch on this. I don't want to go heavily into it, but when it comes to stuff that's not in the news, a couple of weeks back, I was listening. Did you know that the Lahaina, I think it's pronounced Lahaina or Lahaina, Hawaii mm-hmm. police chief is the same guy who was the incident commander for the mass shooting in the 2017 Vegas incident? Yep. I did know that. I actually reported that. Were yeah. you aware and of that? that? Okay. I was aware of that. Yeah. I reported it. Yeah. Now it gets even more interesting. And then, so here's, Go ahead. Hold it gets on. more interesting. Yes. All right. So who's concert? Well, I was going to say that there was a who's responsible for that. Well, I think no, who's Biden concert? all Who, the way. No. Well, all right, hold on a second. Let's get. Well, I want to get there in a minute. But uh, so anybody says they want to lightly okay. touch on something, there's probably more to it. So I, you know, so which concert was was being given during uh, when when the uh, the assassinations took place? Who who was singing? I'm trying to remember the name of the group. I did not Jason put Al- that down in my Jason notes. Jason Aldean. Jason yes, Aldean. That's right. It was okay. Jason Aldean. Now what, what's he yes. known for? What's he known for? Oh, he's known for conservative principles that are very commonsensical and standing up against the tyrannical left. And that song, that small town song, Won't Happen in a Small Town, that went viral? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. So let's, let's, let's put yes. this all together. So why, why would, would a mass assassination take place during that particular concert? Oh, well, clearly to get rid of any supporters of that same principle. Like if you do away with people that share in a similar goal and a similar vision, then you're eliminating your, comp- your competition. Mm-hmm. Or to show that right-wingers are all a bunch of gun nuts and kill people? Well, that too. That too. <laughs> and it just gives, yeah. would have given more ammunition to the New Mexico governor all the way to just say, here's mm-hmm. just one more example. Okay. So, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, and, and so this police commissioner or this, the person in charge of that investigation, uh, what did they con- who did they conclude uh, did it and why? Do you have that information? I do not. Well, because I don't think there is. I don't think uh, they ever determined that. <laughs> I don't think they ever – was anyone arrested for that, that uh, shooting? I don't think so. Well, actually, didn't they make an initial arrest and then they backed it up? They kind of backpedaled? And they said, no, this person can't be responsible because it was somebody that they tried to pin on a Facebook page that was very uh, pro-gun. I'm going to say that I saw something about that. Let's look it up right now. Who did the Las Vegas murders during the Jason Aldean concert? Let's look it up right now. I bet you you they didn't arrest anybody. I'm looking do, right do, 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 do. I need a Jeopardy soundtrack. <laughs> do, 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 is the person who opened fire, is what they're who? saying. Stephen Craig Paddock. Is the one who did the shooting. Mm-hmm. That's what they're Where saying. Where are they now? Where are they now? Were they arrested by um, the person that had the investigation? Or somebody else? Um, he killed himself in his hotel room following the shooting. Isn't that interesting? Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, now why, would he, why mm-hmm. would he do that? Why, after killing all those people, wouldn't he want the fame of killing all those people? 
Well, because he was clearly just like Epstein suicided. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Anybody okay, that so... gets in the way of any kind of leftist political ambition is going to suddenly end up dead. That's that's mm-hmm. the trend of it all. So okay. it's very convenient to remove him as anybody that would be out there and standing as a hero. And obviously, they're going to take him down because he was a mass shooter. Was he and they want that opinion to be out there. But if you kill somebody, you're going to die. Yeah. So if he was yeah. uh, a left-wing Marxist um, mm-hmm. who had a manifesto against conservative white people, uh, they wouldn't want mm-hmm. that broadcast, would they? No, the they would not. No, they okay. would not. How about the uh, the trans killers manifesto from Nashville that we still haven't seen? Interesting, huh? Yeah, I've been waiting on seeing something on that. Mm-hmm. You're not mm-hmm. going to. Looks like so we've been waiting the... on. No, of course okay. not. Yeah. I was just going to say, just like one? we're waiting on the list of people that were involved with Epstein, we're never going to see that. Even though, you know, his closest friend was arrested and put into jail and claiming for better rights. I can't ever pronounce her name properly, but. Oh, Ghislaine? Um, the list will never be released. Yeah, Ghislaine or Ghislaine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her. She's probably bopping him, too. Her. Yeah, her. Well, duh. Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to work for him, you got to work for him. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting job qualification. So yeah, so this, so this, so now he's in. So if you didn't find anything particularly revealing in the Vegas shooting, he's the perfect person to cover up what happened in Maui. Of course, and that was what I was going to touch on. Is the next point in that Please. is there was a large fire that was started, and before this happened, Warren Buffett bought fifteen million, fifteen million shares in three different developers. And there hmm. were indigenous people in that area refusing to sell out to the developers in that area. Mm-hmm. But Good. now the government is appropriating the damaged area for redevelopment since these fires happened. And, and here's the most interesting part of it all. Oprah Winfrey bought 2,000 acres and the fire skirted her property. <laughs> oh, okay. Isn't that interesting? That's fascinating. Yeah, I heard uh, Josie was saying that there were uh, houses that were destroyed, but trees next to the burning houses were fine. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen that too? And, and okay. it's like someone almost put a line around Oprah Winfrey's property and said, thou shall not pass, in the words of Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> and the fire Did... just magically went around her property. I, I was thinking more the uh, the night in um, uh, the, the Holy Grail, Monty Python. Thou shall not mm-hmm. pass, as his arm gets you know, slapped off, you know, by right, flesh, right. flesh wound. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? Bleed on me? Let's go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so, so Oprah Winfrey's property <laughs> was missed. Uh, how about Dwayne the Rock? Right. Does he have property on Maui too? I believe he would because he's native to that area. Is he not? Um, no, I think he's, I think he's Oakland, California, actually, where I used to spend a lot of time where I lived for several years. I think he's East Bay. Mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood is too. It's kind of funny. Um, but what I think happened is that the, uh, the water commissioner, have you looked into the water commissioner, the one who, who didn't want to release the revered water because of water equity, uh, to the, the, uh, the property developers didn't want to do that. So those places got destroyed. So it's fascinating to me that right. the, the places that the, the, the native Hawaiians wanted to preserve, you know, especially the left is, is all big on, on, on native rights, okay? That those properties yeah. are the ones yeah. that uh, got burned and now the government's taking them over. 
Yeah. Do you remember the movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the best movies that, that um, uh, Clooney, George Clooney, ever mm-hmm. made. A fabulous film. Uh, I think uh, one of the bridges, uh, Bow Bridges, is in it also. It's about a family that lives in Hawaii. And uh, there's some subplot about affairs and stuff like that. But that's not the main plot. The main plot is he's the executor of, of the family property of this wonderful stretch of, native, of, of pure you know, untouched Hawaiian land. Of course, the family wants to sell it to the state so they'll all make a fortune and be developed and all that kind of stuff. And he has to decide what to do with it. And being a good liberal mm-hmm. and this being a movie, he says, no, I'm going to keep the property and I've got seven more years to figure out what to do with it. I'm not going to sell out. So he you know, takes away the contract. Mm-hmm. This is a very interesting, similar plot. So George Clooney, the only good film I've seen him in, you know, him being a dedicated liberal. Oh, he's not too bad in Ocean's Eleven <laughs> with, with the rest of the group. Um, yeah, I like Ocean of Eleven. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, with with, <laughs> with uh, you know with, with your guy candy actors, you know Brad Pitt and some of the other ones there. Uh, yeah. So that that that's yes. a really good chick film, you know, as far as as far as guy candy goes. Um, yes. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as plot, well, of course, you know, we're all watching uh, uh, Julia Roberts anyway because she looks stunning in that film. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Uh, but it would make sense that if you want to steal land from mm-hmm. the native Hawaiians. And still appear liberal. Mm-hmm. The way you do it is you mm-hmm. withhold water and talk about the water being, you know, equity. Mm-hmm. Sacred, huh? too sacred. I yeah, sacred I, I heard you talking about too... that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did you look it up? Yeah, I Which didn't fun? go into looking it up. No, but I was listening in, and and um, I I mean I totally believe it. They do the same thing when it comes to environmentalism. You can't dig in this area because there's a sacred two-inch tadpole, and we can't kill that. Oh no, heaven forbid we kill the tadpoles. We have not enough of them. If they become extinct, we're terrible people. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, that... So it's better to kill off thousands of human beings. Well, California's made that decision with the snail darter, which I think is a non-native species, right? Uh, eaten by other non-native species in the Sacramento Delta. Yes. And so rather than, than feed millions of people around the world, they've decided to flush mm-hmm. all the incredibly pure, wonderful water of the Sierra snowpack, which is like 30 feet deep. You know, Sierra's got an amazing mm-hmm. amount of snow. And that water runs down. If you ever see the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the waterfalls in Yosemite, which I've been to in the spring, I took my daughter there one year. Unbelievable. Absolutely spectacular. In fact, there's so much mist from those falls that it covers like 100 yards around the, uh, the waterfalls in like, it's just a sheet of ice. Everything completely frozen and glistening in the mm. sun. It's, it's one of the most incredible things to see. Anyway, point being that the Sacramento wow. and San Joaquin rivers uh, flood every spring with a gazillion gallons yeah. of 30-foot snowpack water and the state of California in their infinite stupidity sends that water out into the Pacific Ocean rather than giving it to the farmers. Now, I don't know if you've right. noticed, but right. the Pacific Ocean has enough water already. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, we've taken a look at San Francisco being broken off of California by an earthquake and essentially being an island that sinks to the bottom of the ocean like Atlantis. So, yeah, they have quite a bit of water. So there's, there's no shortage of water in the Pacific Ocean. So you don't have to take the, the fresh water from the California snowpack and put it in the Pacific Ocean and make it all salty. Right. Send it to the farmers. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what they use the excuse is the snails are. I'm like, okay, well, even if that's your excuse, why don't you make the pumps up further upriver? You don't have to use those pumps where your little exactly. snail dart is living. That's brackish water anyway, I think. Well, I'm right. not, no, I think it's fresh water still. Yeah. But the Sacramento, have you ever seen the Sacramento Delta? Ever seen a picture of it? It's huge. It's like the Nile Delta. Um, yeah, yeah. Massive. It's all mm-hmm. fresh water. Mm-hmm. Send it to the farmers. They're not drinking it. They're putting it on plants. Right. You know. Exactly. For food, for all of us. Yeah. Make strawberries, not snail darters. That'd be a great bumper sticker. Yeah. That's, 
That's a new presidential slogan right there. <laughs> Make strawberries, not snail darters. Yeah, there we go. There's my that's yep. you know, that's vote for vote for me. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Well, to move on to the next topic that I wanted to touch on, you did get. Well, I'm glad we only touched that week, lightly. And I followed up you know, on one. Uh, I think that's only a light, yeah, you know, light topic yeah. there. Okay, fine. What's the major one? <laughs> What's the big one? <laughs> the big lake. No, the big topic. Is that what you're talking about? No. What, well, what we the, had a light topic. Let's oh, the big one. Well, not. So, well, we're we had, not done. Yeah, that was a light topic. This, no, okay. we're not. Not a, we are on that topic. Yes, but I wanted to touch okay. on the BLM mansions because you you wanted to know where they were. Ooh, and kind of a little bit more information about that. So yeah, I, I, I forget all, all my assignments I did that, some I, that, I, that I give you. What'd you find? Tell yeah. me. Okay, so here's what I found. So there have been four mansions that have been purchased by Patrice Cullors, the founder, which I think since then she's hmm. kind of backed off as being the, the CEO. But the first one was purchased in 2016, and it was in Inglewood, California. It was a $510,000 mansion. Then two years later in 2018 in South L.A., she purchased mm-hmm. one for five hundred and ninety thousand dollars, and in twenty twenty one, those two, okay. Yep, yep. In twenty twenty one, she purchased one in Topanga Canyon, a homestead worth one point four million. Then, in twenty twenty two, she purchased a custom ranch in Conyers, Georgia, on <laughs> three point two acres for four hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. So if you add up those four properties, they have spent $3.2 million on mansions with BLM funds. And any charitable contribution type company, any kind of a, a, a standard nonprofit organization, typically allocates about 66% of their income to expenditures to further the company, to allow them to continue to operate and function. And what's so sad is all of those mansions together along with their other expenses where she funneled money to her brother, for quote-unquote security purposes, still only adds up to about 30%. Where is the rest of the money? It's yeah, so all sad. The well, that's mm-hmm. the first thing Trump should do is when he when he gets a hold of the Justice Department uh, and Securities and Exchange Commission and some of the other uh, uh, watchdog agencies, they need to completely audit Black Lives Matter. See where the money right. is. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I don't know what the what the so, uh, what the exact crime would be, whether it's fraud or or it's probably fraud. You know, uh, you know, claiming to be doing things for Black Lives and yes. then buying mansions. But those mansions aren't that expensive. You know, you're talking California. The average house in San Francisco is a million dollars. Correct. Okay. So to spend yeah. half a million, yeah. on, it's not really a mansion. Half a million. It's kind of like a house. Now you st- you start spending a million dollars in Georgia, depending on where you are. Now you're talking mm-hmm. some serious money. Right. Right. So and I understand thing. that, but at the same point, she she's backed down, and yet that was just recently purchased in 2022. Hmm. Well, no, she's not the, even doing is, much with BLM anymore. Right. So the question is, how much income did she have before? What did she do before BLM? What was her job? You know, I did look that up, and I should have written mm-hmm. down what it is. Let me look real quick. I'm, I'm curious more the income than what she did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a. I've got a caller on the line, and I've got uh, Truth Sharks is in the live chat who says Patrice Colors is a snake. Okay, well, that pretty much puts it out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as like before BLM, I believe she was just kind of like an artist and trying to find the exact so definition so of Hitler. the artistry that she was doing. Not, not there's a connection, but Hitler was an artist too before you got into politics. Just a point of note, just right. you know, not, not saying that she's Hitler, but I'm just saying that it's just an interesting point of view that uh, artists uh, sometimes, I think uh, Paul Pot wasn't he a college professor? 
I don't I know. I just find interesting too. Yeah, a lot of these people have. Well, they're, they're usually artsy liberals uh, that go in and kill millions of people. It's kind of how it works. <laughs> Not that Black Lives Matter is going to kill millions yeah. of people. It's just yeah. that they're a useless organization. Yeah. Do you remember my uh, my January white sale on Black Lives Matter? Did, did I ever play that for you? Yes, I, I did. Yes, okay. All right. yes you did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, she was an activist, and and um, according to what I'm finding, she was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, and she revealed her queer identity to her parents at the age of 16, where, so they kind of shunned her a little bit, if you want to say, or exiled her. And then she developed a Nigerian religious Ifa or Ifa tradition. So she started incorporating the rituals of that Nigerian religious practice into her political protest events. And well, then convenient. I guess because of that, she was plucked and picked for BLM. Are you expecting anybody to join us? I am. I am expecting a, a friend of mine to join us, who is a professional chiropractor, and he has quite that's a bit of right. interesting information I, that we've discussed. I knew, yes. I knew I forgot to write down something. Okay, so that's Kevin, right? Yes. Kevin, hey, Kevin, is correct. that you? Sure. Ah, here we go. We found yes, it. Okay. Yes, hi. So, good morning. My apologies. Kevin, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, courage. Okay, good. All right, so welcome to Action Radio. Do you know what we do here, or should I give you the quick spiel? Um, pretty much aware, yes. Okay. So uh, I'm going to let Bonnie take over here in a second. So we are the, the world's first and only uh, citizen legislature attached to a radio show. So we, uh, we write and educate legislation uh, written by just us regular folks. And so, it's, uh, so if you have anything in the chiropractic world that should be uh, uh, taken care of, changed uh, as far as you know, excessive burdens on being a chiropractor or licensing or things like that, uh, this is the right place. <laughs> this, is where, this is what we do here. So let me just give you okay, that. Okay, great. And um, I think you're probably a couple minutes early, so let's see if Bonnie. Did you have more stuff you want to chat? I mean, hang, don't, don't go anywhere, Kevin. We're going to keep I around did. for a bit. Yeah, oh, I, right, I had one more thing that I'll... I wanted to touch on. And okay, then I'll turn last the show week we were talking about you. kind of well, maybe we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> last week we were touching on the ethics of journalism, and we basically decided between the two of us that you know wouldn't it be a good thing if journalists were required to take an oath of integrity. And yes. basically a, a sworn oath of sorts. And I actually researched it to see, is there such a thing in existence, first of all? And all I could find is that there was a code of ethics that was incorporated in the 80s that basically was a, a code of ethics for journalists and reporters alike, but no one had to ever swear by it. And it simply said that they were to report and interpret honestly, striving for accuracy, fairness, and disclosure of all essential facts. Do not suppress relevant available facts or give distorting emphasis and do your utmost to give a fair opportunity for reply. Very basic. And so, <laughs> I think that it's not expounded upon enough. <laughs> we should state that all the time. I got to, I got some journalist friends. We have to, uh, we have to work on that because it seems like the, the doctors take a Hippocratic oath and the, uh, the journalists take a hypocrisy mm-hmm. oath because that's exactly the opposite of what they do. Yes. Yes. So you, exactly. You so I took oath. it upon myself. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, well, I took it upon myself to write a Hippocratic oath for the journals. Instead of hypocrisy, let's make it a Hippocratic oath. Let's pledge to do this. And I can easily copy and paste this to the Facebook page if you want. I can read it while we're on air here. It's not that both. long. But I want both. Essentially, you know I want both. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So are you ready? Uh-huh. We have the following oath for all journalists that I believe should be followed. By all that I hold highest, I hereby promise the public at large competence, integrity, candor, confidentiality within the law, and absolute discretion. Using the golden rule, I shall do by the public at large as I would be done by, shall report honestly and allow fair opportunities for reply. 
I shall present all my information in a non-judgmental manner, not giving preferential treatment to any one particular value system, gender, or race, and assigning to each person a full measure of human dignity. Here's the clincher. I shall not charge for biased reporting and shall not profit financially in any other way as a result of the advice and any biased reporting I render the public. I shall provide honest, unbiased advice and factual reporting for every individual making up the public at large in their efforts to sustain their furthered comprehension, understanding, and informing of factual news and events. I shall work with my profession to improve the quality of news reporting and to improve the public media health, but I shall not let any lesser public or professional consideration interfere with my primary commitment to provide the best and most appropriate reporting possible to every individual. To the extent that I live by these precepts, I shall be a worthy journalist. I love it. Uh, all I would suggest is to shorten it, make it bullet point, uh, make it things that people can read uh, and see easily. And I would include something about mm -hmm. the economics of journalism uh, and the pressure from um, bosses, media consultants, you know, but especially bosses. In other words, uh, if, you're, if it's a choice between your job and your integrity, you know, the job has to go. You, you need to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you could say right. something like, I would never place my employment over my integrity as a journalist. That would be like a bullet point. I shall not, you know, uh, I shall be objective. I shall not. So if you make it a series of like I shalls and I shall not, um, maybe mm -hmm. it might uh, flow a little better and be something easier. Because it's a note. So, you, you, you know, these people are, are swearing to do something. Of course, it's voluntary. Uh, but it'd be an interesting thing to, to yeah. make something that, uh, that could be easily read, done with. And keeps, the bullet points, people are easy to keep in mind when they hear, hear bullet points, you know, on the radio especially. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I, just to digress for a second, I've got a comment here. I've got to, seems like all the Blog Talk Radio other hosts, they seem to listen to my show now, which I think is kind of interesting. So True Tracks does a show. He says, I'm not here to advertise, but I'm going to plug your show anyway. I don't care. He says, but I do a show on Saturdays called Black Bikeler Only. Uh, oh, CNM Radio here on uh, BTR, oh, Block Talk Radio. Okay. I don't know what CN, CNM Radio mm -hmm. is, but uh, True Sharks, if you can arrange to be a guest on my show, I'll, you can call in. I'll give you an hour. Let's talk about your show. I'm curious what Black by Color Only means. <laughs> that, that to me is interesting, right? So, right. Uh, we, have a, <laughs> we regularly have, uh, you know, I mean, this show's open to everybody, although it's, it's really one of the other Block Talk hosts uh, accused me of being a racist. Uh, on the air, which was hysterical because I was like the only white guy on the show at the time. And we had Pianchi, who's black, and we had uh, Josie, mm -hmm. who's Latina, um, was, was on right. the show. <laughs> and, and then they accused me of being racist. <laughs> so everybody else, so both Pianchi and Josie go after uh, uh, Warren, who called it. It was hysterical. You know, so all the people that, uh, you know. Oh, it's that white it, privilege, it, Greg. It's, that, it's, it's all about that white, white privilege. privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, technically, I'm a Native American because I, I got admitted to the Creek tribe. So I am technically a Native American. I, I started putting, I put that in the census last time, too, because it's, it's uh, yeah, I got admitted to the tribe. Um, but also, my, my grandmother yeah. is enough Egyptian that I'm actually, um, you know, part Arabic. So I, I am a person of color. Isn't that cool? Well, there you go. That, that's yeah. very cool. As, as white. white as you are, so, you can still so declare I'm, yourself I'm, a person of color. Yep. I think I'll start a new group. I'm actually a white person of color. <laughs> Ooh, now it's getting interesting. Yes, Greg Penglis. I like that. Anti-Federalist, white person of no color. Or wait a minute, white person of color. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start using that. There this is go. cool. 
Hey, Truth Fairx, thanks for joining our show. Yeah. This is kind of fun. All right. So I, the reason I, I mentioned the, the, the post is because once the show is over, uh, the live chat disappears. And so people won't see that, but they will see it. They will hear it when they listen to the podcast. So uh, you've been immortalized now. Right. So I have a new friend. This is kind of cool. Another fellow host. Yeah. That's a high compliment, actually, when other talk well, shows reason... listen to your show. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to anything yeah. else, and we'll get back to Kevin, who's compliment. sitting there going, what are you guys talking about? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> No, I was actually going to get to that. I was going to say, I was about to say the reason that I wanted to bring Kevin on is because he has such an interesting perspective. Um, we have been chatting a lot lately about some of the background of Obama and the stories that have been coming out, especially with Larry Sinclair. And so um, he kind of introduced me to the idea of it, and I will let him speak to that as far as what he found, when he found it, and how it affected his personal belief about Obama. So um, well, Kevin, uh, Larry Sinclair, go ahead and, let's, and let's, just uh, let everybody Larry know. Sinclair's- yeah, Larry Sinclair is the one that performed, shall we say, an act on Obama, you know, in a limo while they were doing cocaine, if I remember from the interview. Correct. Is that about right? Correct. Okay, fine. All right. Yeah. So, Kevin, yep. Kevin, yep. The, the floor is yours. Introduce yourself. Let's, let's get a little background on you in chiropractic and, uh, and uh, what you want to talk about and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, take it away. Sure. Thank you for having me on. First off, um, my name is Dr. Kevin Karich. I'm um, a chiropractor here in South Bend, Indiana. It's a beautiful morning out here. Uh-huh. Um, we're, I've been in practice, uh, just about 30 years, uh, um, wow. start my, start my own well adjusted. Uh, Sorry, chiropractic that? joke. I said, well adjusted. <laughs> it's a chiropractic joke. I'm just, you know, don't yeah, me. yeah, absolutely. It's, um, so I started that <laughs> when I was about 25. So it's, uh, oh. yeah, it's Fun been a long journey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. So, so why did you get into it? Why, why chiropractic and why not uh, neurosurgery or, or any of the other traditional Western medicine practices? Great question. Um, um, I was a football player uh, in my youth and had a lower back injury to my, uh, you know, when I was playing. Uh, my parents took me to the family doctor, and mm-hmm. they didn't really they didn't really offer much except for uh, you know pain relievers. Um, I had a friend that was going to a chiropractor. He said, "Hey, why don't you check this guy out? He really helped me uh, tremendously." Mm-hmm. So I went I went to him, went through an exam, got treatment. And, and got mm. better relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, no surgery, no drugs. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Stretching, exercise, and adjustments. I followed him around a couple of days and mm-hmm. uh, decided, hey, this this looks like something I can uh, really get into. And, and I, I love using my hands. I love people. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a natural fit. And um, 30 years later, I still love it and helping thousands of people in our community without any drugs. Never wrote a script in my 30-year career, and um, it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful profession. So um, I'm really thankful and and happy to continue to be able to practice. Um, Give a round of applause. Good job. Thank you. You're welcome. And of course, you know, it goes without saying. We 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 get no. Uh, help or assistance, if you will, from the pharmaceutical community. Um, of course not. You know. <laughs> exactly. Well, you're not so, getting people addicted to painkillers? What's wrong with you? Right. And you call exactly. yourself a doctor. Yeah. Ah. So true. Yeah. yeah. What a quack, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. Um, well, <laughs> chiropractic is fascinating. I'll just tell you a real quick story. Um, I had uh, a bad back as a, as a youth. And I, I learned about chiropractic. Um, so I took myself to a chiropractor. I think I was like 17. As soon as I got a driver's license, you know, I, I went over because, you know, my father had a bad back and as well as natural. Everybody has a bad back. And it didn't seem natural to me. 
And so I had a bad back for years. I couldn't sit still in class. I always hurt. And those stupid little desks I had to sit in. So I went to chiropractor and I got an adjustment. And I ended up laughing for the next 45 minutes because finally the nerves were released. And so when all that pressure came off my back, I suddenly realized, oh, you know what? This is what it's supposed to feel like. So all my childhood, I had a bad back. Nobody would listen to me. Nobody would help me. Nobody would do anything. And so chiropractors, you know, are, are like my best friends <laughs> because of uh, the treatment I got. And I, I mean, people have recommended surgery and, and I've been told I would have a hip replacement at 50. You know, I'm 63. I'm doing fine. You know, all this kind of stuff. And it's all chiropractic. And I go about three times a year. That's all I need. It works out perfectly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's so yeah, go ahead. It's different for everybody. You know, some mm-hmm. people need more, some people need less. Um, but that's great. That's a fantastic story. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of exercise. So I'm bike riding in the gym, you know, three times a week. So uh, that helps that's too. Good. Um, in fact, there was, here's yeah. something you might want to look up. Um, a little off topic, but uh, my friend Norman Marks. Norman Marks was a chiropractor. He, he's passed away now, but he was best friends with Jack Lane. if you remember the old TV uh, oh, exercise sure. guy. Okay. So Jack yeah. and, and uh, Norman were best friends. Norman trained World War II soldiers in weight training because he was really big on chiropractic and exercise, and he was the one who really merged the two. So when I went to his practice in, in Oakland, California, um, not only did I get uh, great adjustments, but he also put me on an exercise program, and that's why I learned to combine both of them. And I still do what he taught me. 30 years ago, you know, in, in yeah, to exercise, you know, my back uh, muscles so that that's why I only need three adjustments a year because I mean, it doesn't, nothing lasts forever, you know, mm-hmm. and so I just have to go in, do a little maintenance and then I'm good and I go back to my exercising. And so uh, um, no hip replacement, no knee replacement. I'm, I, I don't take medicine. I don't have pain, you know, and I uh, bike ride 14, 15 miles at a shot, you know, so uh, and I'm oh. 63, you know, so it's like, awesome. hey, yeah. So that's yeah. why I think chiropractic yeah. is wonderful. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, um, yeah, we are in South Bend, Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll give you my phone number if anybody needs it. Uh, go ahead, 574 And we'd be, you know, really happy to help anybody that needs our help. Yeah, we, we'll be um, get a call from always, Iceland. We have, listeners in, we have listeners in Iceland, so you never know who's going to call <laughs> in now. <laughs> yeah, hey. Armenia, you never know. Listen, Cuba. I can, I hey, Cuba called. Cuba listens too, so maybe yeah. we're going to get you down to Cuba. You know, I mean, you never know. Who, we have Vietnam too. I mean, we are we're worldwide, worldwide. I don't know if oh, Bonnie awesome. told you that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's exciting. It is. All right. So how'd you get on the Obama thing? <laughs> Interesting segue. I don't know. Speaking of not, well, um, you not have well to understand, adjusted. South Bend is a very liberal. South Bend's a very liberal city. So oh, it is. Devin is kind isn't of out of his element in the fact that he's surrounded. Yeah. Isn't that Buttigieg? He's surrounded by liberal people. It's, Wait a minute. Wasn't yeah. Buttigieg your mayor? Yeah, he sure was. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Mr. I can't yep. solve the transportation mm-hmm. problems of the country because I have to go, uh, you know, pretend I'm a mother. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's, mm-hmm. so, it's so ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't do okay. much here either. You know. Of course not. Anyways. He's a liberal. Yeah. He doesn't have to do much. Yeah. He's gay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's actually a good point. slogan. I'm gay. It's okay. I can see that on bumper stickers everywhere. I can see that too. I can yeah. do what I want. You know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. He is a road. So scholar. we got onto the topic because of, Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say we got onto the, the topic of Obama body. because of different yeah. talks that we've had leading up to that in our commonality okay. with liking Trump. So that's that's okay. kind of how it went. Behind closed doors, we revealed, you know, we're very conservative Trump lovers, and Kevin kind of was like, well, so am I, and it's so nice to be with someone who agrees with me. And so it kind of went from there. 
Yeah, you have like exactly. a secret Trump yeah. card you carry in your wallet or something, you know, I'm a Trump <laughs> yeah. supporter. Yes. It's the Trump yeah. card that trumps them all, Greg. Exactly. <laughs> and the password is Agam, which is the opposite of MAGA, just in case people are wondering. <laughs> so if you meet people in the street and you go, Agam, I'm one of you. Okay, fine. Dumb, dumb, that's dumb. right. Uh, that's hilarious. So Anyway, thank you. Back to you. Yeah. <laughs> I have my moments. So I, just, totally I, was I was mentioning to Bonnie that I said, hey, did you happen to see the um, Tucker clip uh, mm. with uh, Larry Sinclair? And she said, no, what's that? So I went on to tell her uh, a little bit about it. And, um, um, you know, basically the uh, gist is that uh, Larry Sinclair had a sit down with Tucker uh, uh, maybe two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, very enlightening, very interesting. Um, he he seemed very believable to me, uh, and he went in great detail uh, explaining the story of how he met uh, Mr. Obama. And uh, he was in Chicago for a, uh, some kind of event, and uh, his limo driver said, hey, do you, you know, or, or Larry said to the limo driver, I want a party. And he said, oh, well, I know a guy you might want to meet. And he said, okay. Um, so they go and uh, pick up who turns out to be Obama. And Larry didn't know who he was. He was a a young congressman at the time. Um, And uh, Larry said to Obama when they're in the, in the vehicle, uh, Hey, I need a a pick me up. Wink, wink, you know? And uh, Mr. Obama said, uh, sure. I know where we can get some of that. They proceeded to go ahead and get some cocaine, um, you know, making some lines in the back of the, uh, a vehicle, and he said, next thing I know, uh, Obama pulls out a crack pipe and uh, starts smoking crack. And he, he said, you know, I'm getting a little bit high <clears throat> after doing a couple lines, and I, I put my hand on uh, Mr. Obama's uh, thigh to see where it will lead, and he said it, it led exactly where he thought it would, um, where he ended up performing oral sex on, on Mr. Obama in the back of the limo. And uh, Tucker said, in the back of the limo? He said, yeah, the limo driver put up the you know, little divider thing so he couldn't really watch what we were doing. And, uh, you know, proceeded to perform oral sex on him. Um, after that, they dropped Mr. Sinclair off at his uh, hotel. He went to bed for the night or whatever. And the very next day, he gets a knock on the door. And who is it? Mr. Obama wanted a second round, proceeded to, you know, uh, do their thing again uh, the second day. And I'm not sure where it led after that, if they continued to have any type of relationship. I don't think they did, uh, according to Mr. Sinclair, but um, it seemed very, you know, believable, um, shocking, uh, disturbing, <laughs> all that. Um, and then after afterwards, I guess Mr. Sinclair uh, – had difficulties, you know, they blackballed him, you know, tried to put him in jail for cer- certain, you know, minimal activities that he might have, may or may not have done. Um, I'm not saying he's the most ethical guy in the world, uh, but he did seem very believable. So probably listeners have seen that clip, but if you haven't, you can go to um check it out. Um, so that's pretty much the story about, uh, you know, that I want to talk about today. 
I thought it was really interesting. And I, you know, Bonnie and I kind of were shocked about it and went back and forth a little bit talking about it. Um, so that's that. Yes. And unfortunately, I actually just got a message that there was a power failure at the radio station where Greg is. And I think we have lost him temporarily. He said in a minute he's going to have to restart and get the oh, no. show back on. So it's, I, I believe it's just you and I right now, Kevin, I think we've lost okay. Greg. But I don't okay. know if you if you have a patient that you need to get to anyway, but he will go ahead and get that back up and running. Um, do you want to yeah, stay no. on or do you need to go? No, unfortunately, I do need to go. I'm sorry, Bonnie, but um, okay. Yeah. No, that's can, okay. Uh, that's all right. We can redo this another time if you want or whatever. I don't know if it got sure. recorded or sure. not. Okay. Um, I know up until the moment that the power went out, yes, everything's there, and it's the podcast can be downloaded and listened to at any time. So I will certainly okay. make sure that you get the link and you can forward it okay. to whoever you want, and then we can definitely call you a, again another day. We can have you on and maybe even discuss a different topic. So. Thank you so oh, much for joining, though. Yeah, I'd love to discuss other topics, too, you know. So, all right, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate Thank you so much. Yeah, your show's great, too. It's, it's funny. It's, he's, he's really witty. Uh, it's awesome. I'll have to listen more often. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, you bet. See you, Bonnie. Well, we'll see you. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, so if all goes well, I'm back. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. We, we, uh, Bonnie, call back in. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's see if I get uh, Kevin to call back in now too. So let me send them a quick note. Uh, call back in. There we go. So let's. Uh, that was weird. Normally, the, we don't have a problem with uh, the power unless there's a thunderstorm or something like that. So let's get Bonnie to call back in. Then we'll get Kevin to call back in. And then we'll uh, we'll keep going with our show. This is weird. Well, it looks like the, the the show is still going. So just so we just have to get everybody else back in. Looks like I'm broadcasting, so we'll just get our folks back here. So yeah, I'll explain to uh, everybody to once we get Bonnie back here. We'll see what's going on. Oh, she's seen that. Okay, fine. So yeah, so what happened was we had a power failure, and there's no thunderstorm. There's no nothing. Just the circuit just completely tripped, and everything went out. And so uh, we'll see what's going on. And there's Bonnie, and then we'll get Kevin yep. back. So there we go. Can't get Kevin yeah. back. He had a patient, so he had to leave. Okay. Well, it was good to talk to him. Uh, we never got to the real meat of the story. Maybe that's a bad way to phrase it, but uh, actually, it is a bad way to yeah. phrase it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to well, think what I say sometimes. All right. So we had a power failure, and I've been meaning yes. to get one of those uh, – the, those things, but you know, as everything else, we've got uh, you know, I've got car repairs to do, and I got all these priorities, and I thought, well, maybe I could just hold off on this, but apparently, I'm going to need to get, right. especially as we get more critical gas, I've got to get that power uh, saving thing. But I didn't expect anything today. Usually, well, we have thunderstorms is when things go out, so I know about it, I can prepare for it. But what I have to do is end the episode. Well, this one I think actually just restarted, so it's probably going to be, it's probably going to have like a a gap, and it'll just kind of cut it out. Let's see if live chat, live chat probably got taken out too. Let's see about that. Uh, is reconnecting? Is live chat? We'll see if True Shark is still there. Uh, yeah, I got. Uh, so put a little note here. We're back. So this. Uh, so it, it may be two episodes. It may be one. I'll find out when it, when it's podcast time. Anyway, so let's get let's get on to this uh, uh, thing with uh, Tucker Carlson, which was fascinating. 
And so I watched this interview. Uh, I, I'm not believing this. I'm, I'm like, in, in other words, it's actually out there that the guy that uh, <clears throat> performed an act on Obama, <laughs> I can't even say it, it's just, my stomach's turning, um, was on the show with Tucker Carlson. And he's openly talking about this. And this guy's talking about his, his drugs and his all kinds of stuff and how casual Obama was about the whole thing. What, what was your reaction to that interview? I, mean, I thought it was fascinating. Oh, I can't hear you. Yeah, where are you? You need to uh, connect better. Unmute, get closer. Do can, something. You, can you hear me? Can you hear me? That's better now. Yeah, yeah. It's just not a great connection. Okay. All right. Sorry. I was saying <laughs> that my initial, con- my, re- my initial reaction was simply that why would this person have a reason to lie? Obviously, there's people out there that like to defame others for the purpose of fortune and fame. But sure. listening to his story and, and seeing the time frame and how it all played out, there's no reason why he would not be telling the truth. And mm-hmm. as far as the book goes, that was my next step. He actually released a book. I believe it was called Sex, Lies, uh, Cocaine, and, and Murder, question mark, by Larry Sinclair. An Obama tape. And I went to Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And I went, to, I went to Amazon, and I went to abooks.com, which is known for used books. Mm-hmm. Price point. It's not available in ebook. It's not available in soft cover. You can only get it in hard cover, and it's almost a thousand dollars to purchase this book at Amazon. Six hundred really? and some to buy it through a book. Yeah, isn't that interesting? It's like they're can trying we say to restrain well, trade, any information. information. Yeah, that's that censorship. That's Bingo. censorship by cost. Yeah. So in other words, cost a thousand bucks. Yeah. So my question is, we got Pianka on the line, so let's let's get his opinion on this too. My question is, why now? You know, Obama's not in office. He's been right. out of office. I'm more interested in how his chef died and whether the chef was Bop and Michelle than I am in, uh, you know, what particular sex acts Obama did with a guy, you know, back before he was uh, elected president. So that to me is right. far more interesting. Uh, Pianchi, what's your take on this? Oh, well, I'm wondering, too. I was trying to figure where I couldn't hear you on uh... Go ahead and keep talking. Well, we had a power failure, and so I got to get one of those. Those I, I actually found one, but again, I was hoping to defer that expense with other expenses that I had that were more immediate. But it looks like I'm going to have to uh, get that and defer those other expenses. I got to get I got to pick up one of those those permanent power things. So I'll, I'll look into that uh, this week. Anyway, but yeah, the power just went out. No. It just literally just cut, and there's no storm here. There's, there's no reason for it to happen. Um, but it tripped, and we don't have the best uh, electric sources here, so I've got to take care of that. Anyway, uh, so it's uh, Larry Sinclair, the interview with uh, Tucker Carlson on his adventures with Barack Obama in the limousine and cocaine. Did you see it? Hear it? Ooh, me? Myself? No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't okay, all right. Well, then, then we'll, tell you the, we'll tell you the details. So Larry Sinclair, white guy. You know, uh, very mm-hmm. into the, the the gay culture, the drug culture, uh, and and quite happy, oh, quite open about it. You know, so like I yeah. said, I think I agree with you. He has no reason to lie about this, Mike. You know, and Tiger Carlson, the best line. In fact, Bill Fecky brought this up earlier in the show, and what he said was, what I, what Tiger Carlson said was that uh, he says, I wish I could have done this interview. You know, before Obama's election, this would have been great because this this all took place before he was uh, uh, a senator. In fact, I don't even know if he was a uh, uh, a representative in the Illinois House yet. So this took, this took place years ago. And and so, you know, he says, I wish I could have done an interview back then. He says, but it never would have aired. <laughs> He's absolutely right. Fox never would have broadcast it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't even broadcast that today. 
you know, so this is definitely a secret thing. So my question is, again, so why now? What's, uh, what's, what, what is he accomplishing um, by broadcasting that he had sexual relations, you know, uh, with, uh, with Barack Obama at this particular time in our history? I personally think it has something to do with the fact that we all know that Biden has strings that are being pulled by the Obamas. And I think that Larry Sinclair is probably wanting to have a little bit of the truth come out so that people can start to see the light. I don't know how many people will actually connect the dots and and understand and comprehend that, because a lot of them are going to look at it as a kooky old white guy who's just trying to make money. And -hmm. that's what they do with anybody that tries to speak out and have truth. But I do believe it strongly. I mean, you were talking earlier about about the fact that Michelle Obama may run, and they could very well have something to do with that, to just put the kibosh on it all before it even gets started. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Now, would, would that be done by Democrats or Republicans to not have her run? <laughs> to, not, to not have her run yeah. or to have her run? No, to have, not have her run. Who, who think, would be more interested in not having her run, Democrats or Republicans? That's a good I'm question because I can kind of, I can kind of see reasons for both. I mean, my gut would say that the Republicans would be the ones that would not want her to run, but at the same time, the Democrats could be because if she runs, Biden won't win, and they want to continue to keep him there or mm-hmm. someone else of their choosing. So mm-hmm. I can see kind of a touch point for both. Who do you feel is the bigger culprit? Uh, I think Democrats. <laughs> I don't think they wanted to run um, yeah. because she commands yeah. too much attention. She doesn't. She doesn't work. I mean, Dick Morris said that the woman hates work. You know, and I mentioned this earlier. Right. The only thing she did in the White House, um, other than change the school lunches around, which was a propaganda move to make her look like she was doing something, where she used Air Force mm-hmm. One as her personal SUV to take her family to, uh, you know, Spain, Barcelona, where else, you know, wherever else she wanted to go. So that's all she did. She was right. like a travel maven. That was that was her job in the White House was to, uh, you know, spend our money. And so she doesn't want to work. She's never had a real job. Why, why, why should she yeah. start now? She hates yeah. campaigning. <laughs> she doesn't like the process. Right. She's not going to run. But I don't think the Democrats want her no. to run because she might get too much attention away from, you know, someone else. So this is this is an interesting thing. It's the same question I have uh, that I'm going to ask uh, Bianca von Krieg, um, our progressive reporter, you know, about 10 minutes when uh, when Bianca's on the show is do is she more interested as a, as a member of the Progressive Caucus in the GOP impeaching Brandon so that they don't have to? So in other words, if, if the GOP impeaches Brandon mm. and brings him down, the Democrats don't have to look like they are bringing him down, but they may want him brought down anyway. There's a question. Right, right. Well, and like you made a very good point, when it comes to impeaching him, it's the wrong thing to do because he's technically not the president and that just right. basically – further ensues the whole coup as being legitimate and it was not legitimate. And I can look mm-hmm. at Michelle and you know, when she was, when she was the first lady, my best friend and I used to joke all the time that she was the spokesman or spokeswoman, I guess I should say for J crew. <laughs> That's all she ever did was promote <laughs> J crew on every, any show she was on. It's like, Oh, Michelle Obama has the nicest toned arms. If you want arms like Michelle Obama, just do this simple workout and go buy <laughs> J crew clothing. It's going to make her look so beautiful the inauguration ball and every time she's with president obama isn't she fabulous and glamorous and elegant i mean every single time so i can see her in that position as appealing we need that voice more often that was friggin' hysterical that That was great so uh someone's laughing in the background well yeah go ahead if he's engaging in that type of activity there's a problem with uh, her mother and him. 
Because her mother from the school age uh, time where that uh, society just wouldn't put up with that. They're in fact like, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we got some guy in the background on your line, Bonnie. I'm in the car right now driving to an, a doctor's appointment. So that's oh, my okay. brother. Hello, brother. If you want to speak on the show, that's fine. I just, yeah, we do it. But it's the background no, he, is just because I have both ear, I have both earbuds in my ears, so you're just picking up background noise. <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right, I just want to just want to say that's coming from. Yeah. So Michelle, like I say, she's not work. She's not done a bunch of things. Let me. We got about five or six minutes left. I want to uh, touch on my favorite subject du jour, which is the governor of New Mexico, and the fact that the Democrats are not defending yeah. her. That to me is fascinating mm-hmm. too. So what's going on? Right. Well, from what I've heard, the, even the leading sheriff is not going to back that up because it's, it's mm-hmm. completely unconstitutional. And mm-hmm. when it comes to the fact that she put that order into place, when the 30 days comes up for the emergency order, she's just going to extend it further and outrage people even further. And mm-hmm. I cannot for the life of me understand what she is trying to gain by all of this, especially with as much opposition as there are even from Democrats. Like, what in the world is she trying to accomplish? You know, this is where a Republican governor needs to ban Black Lives Matter and Antifa from uh, any public speaking because they cause riots. So in the interest of public health yeah. and public safety, uh, and that would be the thing to do. And say, so, well, if you can do it, we don't do it too. We'll just take constitutional rights away too. I mean, why not? All right. And obviously they don't, you know, right. I mean, <laughs> but, that's, but that's the kind of thing. And of course, and this less screams and yells. It's like, well, wait a minute. You just took away the Second Amendment from these people. So is this a policy that governors can, by executive order, remove constitutional rights? Which, of course, we know they can't. But my question is the same mm-hmm. question that I have for Brandon. Why wasn't she arrested under Title 18, Sections 241 and 242? Conspiracy against rights and conspiracy against rights under color of law. She's got two federal felonies that she basically confessed to by issuing that order. Why is she still in office? Right. Why didn't the county sheriff arrest exactly. her right there? Why didn't somebody in the room say, I'm placing, I would have. I said, I'm going to place you under citizen's arrest for, for right. canceling rights, for for. Violations are the ones I said, Title 18, Sections 241 and 242, um, for, for removing uh, the ability of people to uh, you know, exercise and enjoy, which it says that's just, it's a conspiracy to, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the right word here, uh, oppress the exercise or enjoyment of constitutional rights. That's a felony. She could have been arrested right. on the spot for that, for that right. declaration, unless Absolutely. she rescinded it immediately. And why so was why wasn't it? she arrested? What? Exactly. That's my question. Why wasn't she? Where was anybody standing up with the cajones? Or the golden eggs, if I, as I've referred to them in the past, to the sit there and, and, and well, not sit there, but stand. Yeah, remember when I referred to the cajones as, you know, the golden eggs. Well, eggs wasn't exactly <laughs> the right. We didn't think of a golden something else, but yes. But anyway, I know what you mean. <laughs> yes, there should have been someone saying, we'll not, I yeah. know I am. I know I am. That's what I do. <laughs> so how about the golden gonads? <laughs> the golden gonads. There you go. Double G. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like it. Mm-hmm. G2. Watch your GGs. Okay, fine. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. uh, now I want to talk to I want to see if I can get Eric Pratt back on the, on the show. Uh, his father was on Larry Pratt, Gunners of America. They're suing. So if they're suing, why aren't they calling for her arrest? The only person I know who's done it, and I've got it on my Facebook page, is uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano, who said exactly the same thing mm-hmm. I said. She should be arrested under Title 18, uh, 241 and 242. Right. You know, yeah. Right. Okay. You got three minutes left. What's on your mind? Oh, man, I think I've covered everything I wanted to cover at the moment. That was literally every bullet point I had. I, I looked at Sasha and Malia again to see where they're at, and I couldn't find any new information based okay. on last week when you had me kind of see, like, what are they doing? I, I missing think daughters. pretty much everything I could find. Yeah, yeah the, the missing, missing daughters, daughters in the limelight. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Not a whole lot new information there. So I, I followed through though. I'm telling you what, I did my homework as you asked. The only, the only thing that I haven't dug more into is Craig Robertson. And I know that you've touched on him an awful lot. So yep. I can do some more digging if you'd like, or I will, I will be searching well, for some free. new I things keep, that are not in the news. Uh, the, the two stories I want to keep alive, and this is where we, we have to sort of gear your report more towards the ACE reporting. Uh, and you can use this on your own yep. show, too. But the two stories I want to keep alive so they don't, they don't disappear is Craig Robertson, who was assassinated by FBI mm-hmm. thugs um, for, for mm-hmm. making some really stupid posts. I mean, you know, but you don't get killed for that. And right. the other one is, uh, no, you don't. what's his name? I've forgotten his name again. Pianchi might know. The chef, the Obama chef. chef. Yeah. The, the other black chef, guy. Yeah, on, I had that uh, as a on, bullet point too. On Martha's Vineyard, or as I call it, Mighty Whitey yes. Island. Mighty Whitey Island's black chef who was probably bopping Michelle. Yes, I, yeah. I, I definitely have that in my bullet point to keep. Okay, good. We want to find that out. I have one more thing here I've listed in my, my opening comments, uh, and that was um, Brandon apparently told Texas that all the illegal aliens have to stay in Texas. Have you heard about this? I have not heard about that. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because the liberal states are getting upset that their sanctuary cities are actually being used as sanctuary cities. So Brandon says, well, we're going to keep all the illegal aliens in Texas, to which I say to, you know, to Abbott, and someone else made this comment on Newsmax, too, that if Abbott had any golden cojones at all, he, well, that's an interesting way to put it, uh, he would have had, the, and this is what I call for, <laughs> Golden too. gonads, Greg, golden Go, gonads. Golden gonads. So if he, had the, if he had the golden gonads, he would have had the entire Texas National Guard on the southern border saying, okay, federal government, you have control of the federal border. We're taking the state border, and these people are not coming in. They're not coming to Texas. So whatever you want to do with them, they're not coming to Texas. Okay, and then the other states should have done exactly the same thing. That's what he should have done is put the mm-hmm. entire Texas National Guard on the border and said, you can't come into Texas. I agree. You may be able to stand there yeah. on the, uh, the U.S. border, but you ain't coming into Texas. And, oh, that might cause a uh, controversial uh, con- uh, constitutional crisis. I certainly hope so. Well, so might. here's my solution. Yep. Yeah, so exactly. my solution. My solution is that, uh, not, he, that uh, Greg Abbott should not be sending buses of illegal aliens to New York and Los Angeles. He should be sending trains, charter entire Train. Amtrak trains. Send two thousand people at a time. I don't know how many yes, people does Amtrak yes. train hold. You know, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know. But I mean, why not make it longer? I, I mean, I always see Amtrak trains go by. We're in Elkhart, Indiana. We are the capital uh-huh. of the world for train um, crossings, like literally the really? crossroads of America. Uh-huh. Oh yes, we have trains at every single crossing at any given time of day. And in fact, Elkhart, Indiana, is the largest train yard in the nation. And so because of that, our trains are backed up. 24, 48 hours at a time, they block crossings because they're in a waiting line to get into the train yard. But you know what? Why not take Mussolini? Oh, yeah. Why not take Where's Mussolini? Mussolini made the trains run on time. (laughs) I don't know. You need an Italian. You need an Italian to come in and run to the train. So what are you talking about? You need an Italian. You get a fashion dictator. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. You need the trains run on time. I got Bianca's line. They can just make the Amtrak longer. But anyway, so that's what I would do, train loads. You know, and so this would yes. be, uh, yeah. Sorry about the interruption earlier. So I got Bianca now too. So I'm going to. Uh, anything else you want to to close with? Well, let, let's shamelessly plug your show at uh, Firm Radio, okay. FRN, all at firm, firm all the time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can find me on Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WFRN.com. You can listen live on the app, and you can also find my cookbooks at Amazon or at www. Bonnie, B-O-N-N-I-E, hyphen, appetite, A-P-P-E-T-I-T dot com. Any recipes for you today? You know, uh, real quick, the chef's yes. mother 
was uh, said that she wanted answers, and then you don't hear anything else from her. Ooh. So, All right, look at Michelle's mother. The chef Michelle's mother? Michelle. Yeah. The chef. The no. chef that was killed. At, uh, oh, the chef. Oh, the, the chef's, chef's mother. mother. I'm sorry. I've got a, I've got a bad connection. I, I was kind of curious about that. Well, let's get her on the show. Bonnie? There you go. Yep. I'll, I'll do your, some uh, Your mission is should you decide to accept it. Dum, 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 dum. See, there's going to be a mystery report. Is to see if you can get the chef. Tarif, what's his name? Tarifi, I forgot. How do you pronounce it? Uh, anyway, we know the guy. I don't know. Well, we, I know this, is what we have to, about, yeah. this is how we have to revive the story. I want his name because I keep forgetting it. It's a, it's not a common name. All right. Uh, everybody get out of here and uh, listen in. Feel free. I'm going to get yes. to uh, Bianca Von Krieg with the progressive report. I don't have her theme yet. I do have this. And I can't play it. There it goes. <laughs> Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. So my apologies to Bianca because I wanted to get my uh, whatever comments I made last week and I wanted to, uh, you know, get a theme ready for you uh, for the show, for the Progressive Report. Um, but uh, a lot of things happened. One, we had a power failure in the middle of the show, and so I had to restart the episode. That was interesting. And the second thing was uh, my website, writeyourlaws.com, uh, was hacked yet again, I think, for the eighth time in about two months, and they blocked all access to uh, to our bills. So, so the legislation that we're... Uh, uh, writing here is obviously causing some uh, some problems somewhere within the deep state uh, or with somebody uh, or some group and they're they're hacking in and, and so that took up most of my time yesterday so I'll get it for next week I'll be working on it how you doing what's going on good morning hi good morning it's good to be back uh, yeah I caught the last part with that that lady you had on and uh, oh that's Bonnie yeah I wish it's in trains too Bonnie yeah it's Bonnie um, yeah. we should you would send, send trains, trains. <laughs> yeah particularly yeah, I would I would totally send trains. It's it's having its uh it's having its desired effect. I, I salute Greg Abbott and uh, you know, Ron DeSantis for doing what they're doing. I think it's an important issue. I think the the Democrats have actually, you know, had a level of toxic lip service that's um <clears throat> now being called into question. And, well see this is you know, this is what a lot of uh, folks are gonna find confusing. That a, a progressive socialist person this you know acted politically was involved in the, the gavin newsom recall would be against sanctuary mm-hmm. cities and actually sending train loans of illegals to liberal places like los angeles new york things like that so you should explain yeah, that not that, at all be, because that, that'd be yeah, interesting I'll, yeah go ahead yeah because you know it's it's all about you know doing what's right for them a sanctuary city is fundamentally inhumane when when they can't okay. house the people they have 
so what are they, you know, they're just going to come here and, and lie on our streets too and just, you know, be, you know, increase a problem that we we already apparently can't solve. Mm-hmm. That makes and, sense. And it, by the same token, you know, these people coming out and saying, hey, we're a sanctuary city mm-hmm. and, you know, putting out this clarion call to the world, you know, only increases the problem. So, you know, when Mayor Adams is going, um, this is going to break New York City. Well, it's, you know, you're going to break New York City. Really, it's not. They're just responding to what you said. So yeah, come on down. So about, you open the doors and, to the Capitol and, and people walk in. And they're being treated pretty well. Yeah. Well, and they're being treated pretty well. They're being put up in hotels. They got a, a private jet to uh, Martha's Vineyard. Um, yeah. do, do you know what we call Martha's Vineyard know. here on the show? Do I ever tell you that? Yeah. We call it Mighty Whitey Island. Yeah, Mighty Whitey Island. Feel free to use that. That, that seems appropriate. I think so. so. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, you know, one of the whitest places in the country, except for the Obama compound. <laughs> but that's a different story. Um, now, oh, yeah, that as, would be ironic. And so, yeah. But here's a question too: as a, as a member of the Progressive Caucus, did the Democrat Party or the the future Brandon insurrection, as I call it, uh, it, obviously we disagree on that. That's not the main point of this question. But did the Democrat Party ever talk to? places like San Francisco that had the sanctuary city designation said, look, we plan to bring in millions of people. And there's a good chance that a lot of them are going to end up in San Francisco, Los Angeles, you know, Portland, Seattle, Detroit, uh, New York City, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, Democrat strongholds. Did they ever talk to anybody? Did they prepare anybody for this? Or did they just bring these people in expecting that it, it would all just work out? I think it's the latter. It's, okay. For one, I don't think there is any conversation that said, hey, we plan to bring in these people. <laughs> uh, you know, it's contrary to, to popular belief and, you know, Fox News memes. Um, mm-hmm. They're not, there's not an open border. It's just pretty, pretty easy to get around the, the security measures we do have. And so, well, open board in the sense that nobody's turned the people away. who are desperate you know, enough. Uh, I think that's the problem, that? though. Is they're not, there's no security. You know, the people are being let in. If they're not being let in, you know, between the border, they're being let in uh, at the checkpoint. So technically, yes, there is still a checkpoint, but mm-hmm. nobody's being turned away. And I think that that so it's an open border, not by actual literal sense, but by by practice. And that's the problem. Well, there's a legal technicality too. Is that this? You know. That border wall looks nice, but the thing is, once people reach the border, actual border wall, they're already in the United States, and at that point, they need to be processed. So it's um, I don't it's think a nice, so. It's a nice um, thing to look at. What, no, no. Uh, yeah. Well, are you talking like That's, a couple of feet of territory? I mean, I mean, the border wall is pretty much on the border. Yeah, like it's a couple. It's it's, it's like uh, it's it's marginal, but yeah. Uh, so if you're standing, so you're um, saying, okay, let me let me do this. So if you're standing, you're coming, walking from Mexico, and you're you're grabbing the border wall. You're like one foot away from it. Are you saying that because yeah. you're technically yeah. in U.S. territory at that point, that you yeah. that the, you then get and full access? Then why do we have a border wall? It wouldn't make sense then. Because it's a, it's intimidating, and um, <clears throat> you know people see a wall and they say they usually think go away or I can't you know get around this. It's, so, but that's not the purpose. A lot of these places are hundreds of miles from any yeah. kind of, um, uh, you know, really okay. civilization. So they would be trapped out there in addition to having to scale the fence. The border is actually the Rio Grande. And <clears throat> the wall sits behind the Rio Grande. Uh, well, you can't build it in the water. 
20 meters. That. Yeah. Um, but, but here's the thing, too. So the, the wall, contrary to popular belief. And so that's why they put the buoy system in. Well, yeah, because you don't want people coming up to it. Yeah. The well, but but the whole, but the wall and the buoys and everything else is not designed to to block anybody access to the United States. It's designed to bring people to a lawful point of entry, to a lawful checkpoint. And so the checkpoints don't have walls. I would say they don't, that's they don't, reasonable. They don't block the checkpoints. So the whole point of the wall is to make sure that everybody that is going to come to the United States goes through a checkpoint. My objection is not to the wall. I think the wall is a, you know a good idea. Um, but what my objection is I is that anybody's being let in. What's that? I said I do too. I think the wall's a great idea. I think they should finish okay. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was really stupid of Biden to actually stop construction on it because the thing is, all he could do is just all he had to do. Trump did, you know, the heavy lifting for him, sort of politically speaking, because I think immigration is the third rail of politics. And <clears throat> so he already put the program in place. The program was just going on. It was paying for the wall. All he had to do was just, you know, say we can't deal with it right now. But he put it front and center and he actually stopped it. And that was a very stupid decision on his part among several others that he's named. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a total mistake for him to stop it. We should continue building the wall. Uh, we can all, there's a lot of things that can be done. It can be uh, drone patrols, um, you know, with using AI, all sorts of things that could be done. They're, they're just yeah, but really that just will, will record people coming into the country. They won't actually, the drones won't actually stop people unless you, you know, drones are armed. So, so <laughs> they, they can track them. Yeah. They can track them and they can um, say and get and tell and then coordinate with border patrol in terms of where to pick them up. But of course, you know, these are the things that you know deep state Democrats don't want because they want to flood the market with ever you know ever cheapening labor in order to, you know, increase the value of their goods and destroy the means of subsistence of subsistence for uh, other people. So it's it's a very destructive thing. It should be, the wall should be finished and uh, probably even fortified, I would say. Yeah, and like I say, as long as there's a legal procedure for people to come into the country, you shouldn't have an objection to a border wall because all you're doing is directing people to checkpoints. Now, I'm going to focus on this cheap labor thing because I've heard a lot of commentators, that's one of the complaints they have against the, the, the GOP, or as they call them, the gelding old party, um, that they're, they're, mm-hmm. all, they're all kowtowing to the, the chambers of commerce. And the chambers of commerce, all, from the federal to the states to the local chambers of commerce, they all want cheap labor. They all want their representatives, their companies, to be able to employ people for nothing or next to nothing. And yeah. so the fact that the Democrats want cheap labor, too, this is the problem. So, so why the Democrats yeah. want cheap labor? Why would you – and at the same time, you're calling for a universal time. income. So, uh, so how do you how – you, we'll get yeah, the universal they're, income they're in not, a bit, but cheap not, labor. Tell me about it. They're not, they're not compatible, like what, what, what you just said, and that's what okay. I've been saying, too. I don't know. I don't know if we talked about this. I did another show over the weekend too. But mm-hmm. um, you know, um, one of my uh, you know kind of trans counterparts here in the city was saying the mm-hmm. same thing. You know, about a uh, transgender shelter was closing down. They were getting right. a lot of calls in places like Texas, and people trying to like actually book ahead into the shelter. Saying, I'm, "I'm trans." Book ahead. Sanctuary. You can book yeah. a shelter. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I I don't think you could do that, but I think that it didn't stop them from trying. What one eight hundred shelter? Um, I mean, how do you book a shelter? 
That's that's new. I, I have no idea, but uh, okay. you know, I think it's kind of uh, generally it's a first come first serve policy, mm-hmm. and um, so they were they were trying to look ahead and. The idea, and then what this person ended up saying is saying, look, we can't have a sanctuary city policy and house people. They're not compatible. They're, they're right. it's not uh, tenable. And so but you, you have to that. do one or the other. And that's, uh, well, this you're must be internal. For me, yeah. yeah, well, that's why you're on, because uh, these insights uh, yeah. are fascinating to me. Because there's, like I said, and I go back for the folks that haven't heard the show, we talked about this before. Cesar Chavez, head of the uh, uh, United Farm Workers, uh, American citizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the members of his, his, Ameri- his United Farm Workers were American citizens. They were agricultural workers. And he despised the legal aliens because they took jobs from his members, from his American citizens. And this was a Democrat. That's this a, is a that's liberal a great Democrat. Point, Greg. You know, we, and we have Cesar that's Chavez Avenue, point. which used to be, I forgot what it was called. But yeah, and let me let me tell you something else yeah, too. Is that, remember we mm-hmm. were talking about you know these groups that don't know when to sunset themselves, and it's, <laughs> that's what's causing it. Really, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's funny uh, but it's true. because the immigrants, the people who are here, the the illegal aliens here, they don't want open borders because they're already inside. They don't want other people coming in and doing what they're trying to do. So what mm-hmm. they want is to get themselves legitimate, so they can start getting things like uh, food stamps or you know help services to help them get jobs and mm-hmm. health care and all those good things. So that's they don't want, you know, open borders. It's these groups, what I call these kind of gateway groups, because unfortunately many of these people can't speak English and the only people they have to you know, give them guidance are some of these groups like these La Raza groups that are funded by George Soros. And again, George Soros is not the bad guy. George Soros was giving money to what he believes to be a good cause. But the thing is, is that he's been on autopilot for like 20 years and nobody's checking into what these groups are actually doing. So and, I would disagree with you. I don't combi- think George Soros combined. is a good guy. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would call him evil, but uh, we can talk about that another time. Let's get back to uh, uh, this, this fascinating yeah, situation. Yeah, so uh, what know? I was saying yeah. is... Uh-huh. Um, so, but the real bad money is coming from these corporations that are using this okay. for you know to get themselves good PR and at the same time, also, you know, help flood the market, help keep you know with with um, low low income labor, and keep these uh, keep these people voting the way they want. So those groups are the problem. It's you know it's not the the actual like undocumented people themselves. It's the groups that kind of support them in so there's i think somebody was saying that there's an idea like you know they want more democratic voters i don't know yeah. if there's a lot of truth to that but that's um, a very common perception well, what i can conservatives t- independents they're going to tell you that these people are being brought in specifically so they will register illegally and vote for democrats i'll tell you flat out that's what people believe that well, what they should be believing and what is actually true is that mm-hmm. these people are being brought in to to lower the standard of living for many people. So, and so what are, I'm sorry. And the they're, the, so that's the, they're the ones using yeah. people as political pawns. Okay. They did it first. You know, so, yeah. you know, Greg Abbott seems... and Ron DeSantis is just calling them out on their BS. Well, I'm going to talk about Abbott and DeSantis in a second here, but I was a teamster for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And so I understand unions. I have mm-hmm. no problem with unions. I think unions are great um, because they allow yeah. people in, in a private organization to get more money. You know, they're hiring the union to to bargain equally with the corporation because corporations, you know, individuals cannot bargain with corporations equally. 
contrary to what the Supreme Court said with liberty of contract. Um, but uh, but so I don't have a problem with that. So the, the unions that support but Biden the, uh, does. Demo- yeah. Yeah. But the unions that support the Democrat Party. Remember the Party, railroads? Mm-hmm. Uh, not ex- let me let me this point and then we can we can talk about. It. I'm I'm curious which uh, where you're going to go with this. Okay. But oh yeah, the oh yeah. Okay, so I think I know where you're going to go. But the unions, the Teamsters, the mm-hmm. AFL-CIO. You know, California is a huge mm-hmm. union state. You know, uh, if you work yeah. for for a union shop, you can't come in. Uh, if you come in, you have to join the union. And I actually agree with that because that was a that was a condition of employment mm-hmm. that was established before a new person goes there. So the, the so the right to work thing, I've always had a real problem with. Um, because you can't take a uh, – that's part of the job condition. If uh, if the group, uh, the employees have been voted for a union and they say you have to join the union to work there, I don't have a problem. If you don't like that, go work somewhere else. Just like if you don't like the pay that they're offering, go work somewhere else. However, the advantages to a union mm-hmm. so far exceed the, the, the disadvantages of not having you – know, or the advantages of not having a union is, is just – it's a totally different thing. So I'm curious, though, why would uh, the unions support the Democrats knowing that they're bringing in – you know, millions of people who are going to lower the wages of their members because the pressure on those companies, you know, to hire non-union, to strike break, to do all kinds of, of things to unions, particularly, like I said, Teamsters, AFL-CIO, the big ones. Why would they support the Democrats and support mm-hmm. all these people here? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, and they're beginning to see that, too. And in the past, it's been the, the lesser of two evils. Really, because they're saying, you know, you're going to get far less with the Republicans, so you take, you know, take it or leave it, so to speak. And unfortunately, they've had to take it. But they're going to really see it, especially with, um, you know, what happened with the railroads about, I don't know, like yeah, about that. six months ago what, or something like that. What was that? that? You mean it's about East well, Palestine? Biden, is, Biden essentially undermined their right to strike. He forced oh, them back. Right. I don't even know how a president can do that. But, you know, if the president told me to do anything, I'd tell him to stick it where the sun don't shine. Um, <laughs> I feel the same way about reason, uh, Brandon. Yeah, I know how you feel. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm talking about the same person in this in this scenario. Right. So, um, so he, he undermined their right to strike. And, he, and they were saying, well, they're going to shut down the uh, the economy. Um, and that, that's the that's the idea. That's the power of a union. That's what it's supposed to do to get people to pay up. Now, again, we're seeing this with the United Auto Workers too. This is exactly the, what, um, the scenario that warrants universal basic income, because again, you're asking uh, even even a even though they're oligarchs, you're actually in a relatively small number of people to solve a class level problem. And what you really need to do is get the entire oligarch system to pay that to pay that toll instead of just like the guys who own you know, Ford and GM and Stellantis and, you know, the railroads. And then they, then yeah. they don't have to, like, that's, once they have their basic needs met, so to speak, there's no real, there's not going to be any real need to strike. And that's the yeah, thing that no they to work either. So <laughs> the problem with the universal income, there's no need to work. No, there is a need to work. That's what people don't, you know, there's a lot, okay. the world is not black and white. There's a lot of gray. And so we're talking about like your basic needs, but okay. you know, just like bare minimum shelter, like room and you know healthcare and all that. But if you really want to have the nice things in life, then you got to go and work. And so you can have like those, take those vacations when you retire and right. travel and you know buy boats and things like that. That's the idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're if you're a total bum and just want to live in a little you know one window room for the rest of your life, I guess. You, 
you know, somebody somebody could skirt that system like that. But, you know, ultimately people are going to want to go out and, you know, do something with themselves, feel useful. And, you know, this is what, this is what the system we're, we're trying to put in place is. And mm-hmm. then we can give these unions what they want, and then it's not going to be put upon, you know, a small group of people to supply that. It's going to be put upon the entire group of people who are causing the problem to begin with. Hmm. So, Why wouldn't uh, so, but, a minimum so wage? Go back to your thing or what you were saying. Yeah. Oh, well, sorry, sorry about that. What? Then. Okay, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, why wouldn't a minimum wage do the but same But this goes back to what of... you're saying, that the Democrats, okay. that's why the Democrats don't want to do it, because they're ultimately not working for the people that they're, okay. that they're supposed to. They're not working for the working people of the country. Right. You know, they, they let the president shut down, you know, um, the strikes. Um, and now they're, you know, they're having a very soft immigration policy. This is allowing an influx of immigrants. <laughs> Yeah. You know, knowing full well that there's no place to put them. They don't have they don't have places for the people that who are legitimately here now. And then they're letting more people come in. <laughs> to, you know, what, what do they think is going to happen? I mean, there's going to be total well, strife and crime and just like what we're seeing. We've now. got that. There's somebody running around Indiana right now yeah. where Bonnie was calling in from who's terrorizing people. And this is just one illegal alien murderer who murdered somebody in Brazil was led into the country. Uh, so, so we're, you know, the, the, these criminals. They caught him. Oh, they did. Okay. That's good. But that's, that's still just one person. We're talking yeah. millions that are brought in this country. So how is it in the interest yeah. uh, of uh, the who average Democrat to, to lose? Yeah, I don't see how this is how this this furthers the Democrat Party's interest in. I'm talking classic liberal Democrat, you know, for the working person, for the unions, supporting the unions. You know what Brandon did with the uh, the trains is horrible, and I I was dead against that too. Yeah. I understand the value of a strike because if you don't have the value of a strike, then the unions have no way to enforce their contracts. That's the whole point of yeah. a strike. I I think that's that's valuable. Yeah. Because if you don't have the ability to strike, then things get nasty and they get violent. And you go back to the Pinkertons and where companies would actually shoot and kill people who went on strike and workers and things like that. And then the, 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 the union bosses would destroy the cars and, you know, beat up or kill the people. That, you know, I mean, it was bad. It was very bad. So a strike is actually a way of Not to it's mention a confrontation. child labor. Yeah, well, that's a whole other story. But, but a strike is a confrontation yeah. that doesn't have to get violent, whereas a lot of other things do get violent. Yeah. So, so a strike is a necessary tool of enforcing a union contract. I have a problem with that. My problem, of course, is with government unions. So I, I'm guessing, well, sorry, that's another issue, but I'm guessing the excuse that uh, Biden used for the trains was, was national security or, and Truman did the same thing because Truman had a, had a major rail strike during, during his administration, if I remember. And the way he got around that was saying that the trains are essential for national security, even though they're privately owned, which they, I think they were at that time, um, the, the train strike was called off. Whereas the Pullman strike back in is either late 18 or very early, early 1900s was successful. And that actually changed the trains, you know, changed train policy. So that yeah, well, anytime the government wants to do something, they always use that catch all term national security. And they don't have to tell you, you know, what exactly it's like Facebook, you know, banning your profile or something like that. <laughs> oh, you violated yeah. our community. <laughs> Community standards. Well, it's I, a, it's I the same sort day. of blanket term of BS yeah. that they use I'm always to that. You know, get away yeah. with screwing people over. Okay. So, so, so why um, wasn't there objections it, to that then, or did the Democrat or did the Progressive Caucus object to uh, not letting the the train strike go forward? No, the Progressive Caucus did, uh, okay. but you know, as usual, they're 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 kind of outnumbered by these neoliberal, uh, you know, corporate Democrats, you know, deep mm-hmm. states, you know, HUD suckers and, um, 
So yeah, I mean, so yeah, we're we're fighting that. We're you know we're actually the original Democratic Party who's still fighting for you know working class people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the you know this deep state problem is a menace. It's a huge menace. It's a contagion. It's breached both parties. Yeah. And it's getting worse and worse. It's, it's think of it like this like this blob. Remember see that ever see that movie The Blob? Right, where oh, you have yeah. this monster that, you know, as it eats more people, it gets bigger it's, and it gets hungrier. Yeah. You know, and that's like what the deep state is, is that you know, as it gets richer it gets hungry for more riches and it's just gonna it's gonna eventually it's gonna grow over and take over the entire country. Yeah. And you'll be able to see it from space, which will be the only place you'll be safe from it. Um, well, and, and this is part of why uh, I really appreciate having you on is because there's a lot of Republicans, conservatives, independents, or me, anti-federalists, who listen uh, to your report and go, wait a minute. I mean, the Democrats, uh, you're having the same problem with the Democrat Party as a lot of folks are having with the Republican Party in that they represent the deep state and the power of government over people. So although we may have yeah. different solutions to the problems, I think the problems are very common. And if you're a deep state Democrat, you know, you're no more valuable to members of the Democrat Party than a deep state Republican are, are valuable to members of the Republican Party, you know, rank and file people out there. And so it's uh, the state is the problem. The deep state is the, is yeah, the and issue. That's, that's why they're not too worried about, um, you know, that's why, that's why Brandon's health issues are becoming a, kind of a weird double-edged problem for them. Because on the one hand, they can't nominate somebody else because you, you get pretty honorary about that. There's a lot of damage you can do. On mm-hmm. the other hand, you have Donald Trump. He's a loose cannon. And so they, they've Tell been trying, you know, trying yeah. desperately to seed candidates in the form yeah. of like you know, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, and it just hasn't worked. You know, all, well, all no, the, the media deep time state. that they've been getting them is – you know, the deep state's trying to sabotage what? Trump with all these goober. I call them the goober candidates. So the goobers are the, the that's, yeah. That's well, like global it, and, it's, and it's 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 actually working against them because every time they, they you know they they, tr- they take another swipe at it, <laughs> it just gets that much more popular. Yeah. So it's you know it's a hilarious it's a hilarious situation on that end and. Um, but normally they really wouldn't be worried because, you know, mm-hmm. okay, fine. You know, the Democrats lose, the Republicans will, you know, we got them in our pockets too. So it's, it's you know, tit for tat. Well, the deep state wins. And, and that's the idea. So, yeah, the so deep state my, wins my, either way. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the way it's set up. Just, so people don't realize it's not the, the general election that counts. What really counts is the fact that the only the people you're allowed to vote for are those who have already been chosen by either the Democrat or Republican Party. That's the problem. Yeah. And so, so Trump comes in and Robert Kennedy comes in and I'm still trying to get the, I'm working on getting those two uh, uh, with the discussion with Tucker Carlson. So that's, that's my behind the scenes work. So uh, that, that's kind of like an open secret. So I'm trying to do that. Uh, and uh, I think you've been able to help me a little bit. So, so that's off the air stuff. Um, but it's fascinating mm-hmm. what's going on that universally real Democrats and real Republicans, not the deep state would love to see those two talk. And there's going to be disagreement. I don't expect oh, yeah. Trump and Kennedy to agree on, on everything, but they both care about this country. And I think it's going to be fascinating to watch that. So a, a, a classic, it's interesting that a classic liberal Democrat and a classic conservative Republican can talk because the problems are the same, but the solutions are different. And that's something that they really don't want. And that's something, you know, everybody huh. should appreciate you for doing and helping me, you know, bringing me on the show and everything like that every week. You know, if if these shows like Blaze and Real American, and by the way, we've approached all of them. You know, Blaze, mm-hmm. Real, uh, you know, One American Network, you name them. 
they know who I am, but um, they still have. <laughs> obviously, I haven't done too many of their programs. So if, well, they don't put if me they're on just either. having this don't feel one-sided alone. shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if they're just having these one-sided shows where mm-hmm. you know they're not bringing in any you know opposing viewpoints, then that says a lot about actually what they're trying to pull. It seems like they're just trying to get more people just angry about a problem that may not be that bad, or that has a different solution than the one they want. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I know, call pe- it raising. You know, if people need emails yeah. and things, they can write mm-hmm. into us, and I'll get it to them. What's your um, email? They should really be emailing. So. Do you want to oh, give yeah. any contact uh, information? Bianca, yeah. yeah um, so thanks, Greg. Um, yes, it's uh, Bianca dot four f o r dot San Francisco at gmail dot com. You can also find us at Bianca for San Francisco dot org, and there you'll find all of our good social media links, which have been exploding. Mm. Pelosi's announcement to run again. By the mm-hmm. way, we've gotten a, we've gotten hundreds of dollars in donations just just from that one event alone, from all across the country. It's been amazing. And also Let's the, talk about that. Same, well, we'll give your contact token. At, the, at the end of the hour, too. We'll make sure you get the contact information again. But uh, what's going and, on, Pelosi? Tell me. Tell me what's happening. Yeah, she has not had a good reaction to her um, to her statement about running again. I, I will Why? Why do you think? Editorials right now. Why do you I, think that is? Because <laughs> we, we're reading over an editorial right now by the Chronicle that says she should just go. And Really? Um, we we clipped yeah and there's some news there's if you go to our YouTube channel just Bianca for San Francisco we have uh-huh. them there too uh, where the the media uh, is calling her out for just saying look you really haven't done anything in your time in office and you're selling us a bill of goods that aren't there that San Francisco is clean and safe and <clears throat> there's a great one by MSNBC where Nicole Wallace is basically challenging her and you can see Pelosi's face turn. Every time she gets a question she doesn't like, she throws a hissy fit in her mind. You can see her oh, yeah. face cringe a little bit. How dare yeah, you saying, challenge what are you the talking queen? About? You know, Marie Antoinette yeah, exactly. of the Democrat Party. You can't challenge the queen. She's, She's you know. a very nasty, nasty woman. They don't call her nasty Pelosi for nothing. And really? So they're challenging Has she always her. been nasty? Local news is challenging her. Has she, has she always uh, been this way? I'm pretty sure that happened. Okay. I don't know. I mean, she was, you know, she got into office long before I was born. But... Um, you know, anybody who can't stand a little bit of criticism and yeah. starts to break down and starts thinking about how I can get this person back. She even she even started to put – she even told people on that clip, yeah, I'm going to put the uh, – essentially I'm putting the New York Times on my, you know, bad list. You know, because the New York Times called her out too. <laughs> so yeah, so this she's, is she's always interesting, you know. Because the Democrat media covers for Democrats. They're covering for Brandon. The People are saying, well, he's never committed any crimes. And all his money is on us. There's no bribes. Because we know there are. All right? um, but yet they're, saying, but they're not covering for Pelosi. So this is a fascination to me of the things that the liberal they media are, will cover and they won't cover. So it depends on the personality. Depends on who. Yeah. They didn't cover for Bernie Sanders, but they did cover for Hillary Clinton because Hillary was the favored one. They're covering. They're not covering well, yeah, but Pelosi. I think at the same time, the deep state wants a younger, a younger rube. In, in that position. Okay. Do you know um, anybody in mind? I mean, we're dealing with a, with a brave new world, right? I mean, we have the mm-hmm. possibility that we may have already made first contact in a reverse engineering extraterrestrial technology, and we have, you know, so, you know, supposedly the, one of the most powerful women in Congress who think aliens are somebody who busses her table. So, <laughs> you know, that's not that's a problem for a lot of people. Um, and did so, you see the cool. hearing? 
Did you see the hearing in Congress when they had all the evidence? Yeah, I saw it all. I watched it all. They haven't done anything yet. Like, get your damn – they were saying we need to skip, which is a secure room. It's like they have those in the basement. Just book it. Go Go to the guy and book it and do it. And why is that classified? What are you, like, dangling it around for? Why why is that classified? Is that like they can stop the aliens? If they can come here from another planet, they're, they're already beyond us. It's not classified information, okay? This, this, we should know, <laughs> you know, because, that, because well, we should Well, obviously, they want to control it, and they want to profit from it. Mm-hmm. And so if you make – if you're – I don't know what their intentions are um, for coming here. I hope that they're good. I pray that they're good. I have to believe that it is. Once you reach the point of technology where you can bend space and time to travel, hopefully you've reached a good point in your <laughs> development. One would hope. But um, I, I would – so I would imagine that it's mostly like scientific that they're mm-hmm. coming here. And so mm-hmm. you wouldn't, if that's your point, you would much rather ha- want to have a cooperative government rather than, you know, doing it, you know, without their help and operating yeah. in stealth. And, you know, well, I also believe caught. if they're advanced enough to come but here, if they, you know, if multiple, bend, yeah. Then they're advanced enough to not be seen. They can bend they want space and time. They can probably bend light, in which case they can cloak themselves. So yeah, yeah. So if we're um, seeing aliens, but, it's because they want to be seen. Because if they're that advanced to come here, or that, or, or they've had um, technical difficulties at some point. Um, it's not as un, it's not as far out as you would think. Um, huh. You know, atmospheric a solar flare might throw them for a loop or something like that, and send their. Yeah. Um, equipment into into whack and so yeah it's maybe they want to be seen maybe um it's also that they're just you know they've had problems but regardless it's it's pretty likely that they that they're here and we need people and if people and if people are hiding that they're guilty of the worst kind of genocide imaginable because you know that's technology that can be used to help millions of people millions and millions even billions save lives you know help them live longer cure diseases all kinds of things, and they're hoarding talk about that. You know, for yeah. power and control. So let's talk about that in so, terms of COVID. Uh, I want to I switch the mm-hmm. subject a little bit here because COVID, we broadcast mm-hmm. very early that chloroquine kills COVID back in February, actually in mm-hmm. March of 2020. Uh, we knew the cures. We knew the treatments. We knew that early treatments work, and even though those were banned, uh, I – absolutely believe that there was a, uh, a conspiracy in the bad sense, not, not a conspiracy theory. I think it's absolutely true that Dr. Fascist and a bunch of other folks, you know, and, and the health Nazis, you know, created a program where people were killed and people were scared to death. So they had to take the, the so-called vaccine, which is a messenger RNA shot. I absolutely believe that. Now, given that they're trying to do this again. And so you want to talk about genocide. Genocide to me is, and I've talked to, to various doctors who said we could have saved about 90, 95% of the people that died um, in the hospital simply by giving them early treatments. And I absolutely believe that. So that's genocide. You want to talk about genocide? This is a medical I think there's a, I think there's a fair amount of point. I think there's a fair amount of credibility to what you just said about the, the hospitals and early treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. So the question is, California was on the forefront of mandates, of mass, of closing businesses, and they're likely to do it again. And you've got Gavin Newsom, mm-hmm. you know, who uh, you tried to recall and a bunch of other folks did, too. So let's, let's talk about COVID, too. Is California going to put up with this mm-hmm. again? That's my question. If, if, they, if they believe it's happening. Um, but, you know, again, like I said before, I love a good conspiracy as much as the next girl. But I just... <laughs> The idea that they would destroy, yeah, 
that they would destroy the world's GDP for like, you know, a couple of years in order to uh, perpetuate this just doesn't hold water with me. So uh, California is like the fourth or fifth largest economy in the world to, yep. to shut it down, to support this kind of thing. I just, just don't buy it. Um, but, you know, there, there, it was definitely some funny business. There was, you know, Fauci did lie to us. And that's, again, I, I don't know if I said on your program or somebody's program, but, mm-hmm. you know, once the government lies about these things, they are really up shit creek. Because when, this, when the stuff really goes down, nobody's going to pay attention to them. It's the old cry wolf thing. Cry wolf, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a huge problem for everybody, the fact that they've lied. Um, and, you know, I've said it before, too. Uh, you know, COVID was just, you know, God's way of, you know, lobbing a softball over the plate. At some point, you know, we're going to have far more, you know, worse diseases that are out there. We've had worse. Be ready and prepared. Yeah, we've had yeah. the plague. We've had smallpox. I mean, these are we've had Ebola. These are horrible diseases, and they've killed millions of people. Well, yeah, but that's, they're going to get even worse. That's what I'm saying. It's just mm. natural. It's just statistics and natural selection okay. eventually breeds out a virus that'll, um, you know, get that'll get pretty do some pretty bad things to people. So, you know, we need systems in place to contain it and treat it immediately. And thanks to, you know, people like Fauci and, you know, uh, whoever else is, you know, collaborating with him, they've significantly eroded that trust in the public and in, you know, healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge, huge problem going down, you know, down the line. Um, well, but, for every you know, other, every other virus, again, yeah, every other virus we've ever had or every other disease, early treatment is always the best thing. If you get cancer, you don't wait. Mm-hmm. If you get, if you have heart disease, you don't wait around until your arteries are clogged more. There's no disease, infection, affliction, condition that I can think of that benefits from not treating it. The benefits from waiting, unless you know it's going to go away. Some things do, all right? But if there's something that needs treating that's only going to get worse, why would you wait? COVID, you know, most people got over COVID naturally because we have immune systems and our immune systems work until they don't work. And then something eventually gets all of us. But the question is, while it's working, you know, why not boost it? And, and so everything that was done, we've talked about this before, that everything that the government did for COVID was to preserve COVID, not to stop it. Uh, exactly the opposite. Oh, let me, so, uh, let me comment on something that you just said real quick. Um, mm-hmm. sure. You said it, it, most people get over it. The thing is, is that the mortality rate for people over 60 was like something like, you know, 85 or 90 percent. If you got it, you, it was pretty much a death sentence. No, it wasn't. I had it. Given the current composition. I had it before everybody knew what it was, and I'm well, 63. <laughs> I was 60 when I got it. Well, you're, you're, you know, that's an anecdotal case, Greg. Um, I'm a brute. The thing is. is tough um, guy. Yeah, but I got an immune system, and it works. You're a tough guy. You're a virile man. I get it. Um, a manly man who says things in a manly is, way. If you look at the current composition. <laughs> uh-huh. If, we, if you look at the current composition of, of our Congress and our deep state, you know, right. and our geritocracy, you know, it's not so hard to believe why we, why we had to do shutdowns to, you know, to kind of protect those people. Um, well, see, I so that's the point I wanted. Uh, so yeah, was, that's a good point to dead, make. I would... It was deadly for old rich people. <laughs> you know, my rich. my. Seriously, I lost I lost my my boyfriend to it. You know, he oh. used to run the Chronicle. His family owned it for a while. His name was Charlie Fierro. Oh, that's and, too bad. Well, you know, 
Um, no, I listen to people too. too my my <laughs> webmaster was killed by a, a hospital ventilator. Um, my very good friend, Dr. Peter Pry, who was oh a national God. security reporter, Peter Pry was killed, I think, by the by the COVID shot. Um, so yeah, I, uh, this affects me personally. I I had friends that were killed um, by either the, the the shot or by the hospitals. So this is this, you know, I understand. So I'm sorry you lost your person, but uh, believe me, it's, uh, you know, that, that I think that's what uh, unites a lot of us together in this. But the, the response, COVID itself was not that big a deal. Most people, 99 point something percent of people had at worst moderate symptoms. And I, I'm in that group. Okay. So I was late, you know, rested for a couple mm-hmm. of days. Uh, I have shows where I sound like crap <laughs> on the air. I'm coughing. I'm wheezing. Mm-hmm. I sound terrible, but I, I wasn't really physically sick. I wasn't dizzy. I wasn't thrown up. I wasn't, I didn't have a fever, but I had the worst cough of my life. I could barely talk. And so shows were actually painful for about two weeks. So I took a couple of days off, rested a few more days after that, back to normal. That was COVID because I had all the symptoms of COVID except the taste and smell and I didn't have a fever. So my symptoms were, I'd say mild to maybe moderate, moderate cough, but mild everything else. So I, I got pretty lucky. Never wore a mask, never took a shot, Never restrain myself from going in public, talk to everybody, did all the public stuff I normally did, and I've been fine ever since. In fact, I've been remarkably healthy since having COVID. I think it boosted my immune system, quite frankly. Interesting anecdotal story. Well, but the point is, it does, you know. Oh, that's interesting. Having, yeah. Well, because it's, it, it's a new virus. It gives you the antibodies to fight it again. So technically yeah, it does it, make you stronger. So you fight the, you fight the, uh, the um, what do they call it, the, the, the variants. You're able to fight the variants. But the point was that that everything that the government did made it worse. Lockdowns, isolation destroys your immune system. You know, the 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 violence that happened, the 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 abuse, the spousal abuse, the sexual assaults, the uh, the suicides, the, the drug addictions, all these things that happened during these lockdowns. The lockdowns were far worse than COVID. And that's the problem I have with it. So the, the cure for this is fresh air, exercise, vitamins, boosting your immune system, and treating the people that are the most vulnerable. But what you cannot do is quarantine healthy people. It's actually unconstitutional because it's a seizure of your person. If you're a healthy person, it's your choice. And well, you if cannot they quarantine strip constitutional together, I would, I would say you're, you're right. Yeah, if okay. you, you can't quarantine them together in the same facility. I would be angry about that too. Okay. Um, but if you're sitting at home by yourself, that's a different matter. Um, well, you but, can quarantine you know, people in their home. If they all have smallpox, yeah. you can quarantine. You can, everybody that comes in contact with people, you, you have to quarantine them. You know, but you cannot like you quarantine say, people. Like, put them in a church or in a community center together and put healthy people with questionable people. That's bad. That's yep. a bad, bad, bad idea. That's what actually so, spread the plague back in the Middle Ages. Yeah. yeah like people gathering in churches to pray. <laughs> they, oh, all, they, all, they, they all spread the fleas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what are you going to do? What's, what's, uh, what, are, what, are, what are Democrats and the progressives going to recommend uh, that supposedly COVID's coming back? We call it the COVID election variant. So every time there's an election, it seems to return. So, so what's the recommendation? What are you guys going to recommend to California government and federally? Well, I don't think we've gone that far yet. For one thing, we want to see, you know, how legitimate this is. Um, you know, obviously the media has a strong te- tendency to over-sensationalize these things to make them worse than they actually are. Mm-hmm. So people should be wary of that too. Be, you know, if anything, get information from your doctor. I know sometimes people don't trust them either. I personally don't trust a lot of the doctors I work with. Um, well, that's interesting. Well, they have licenses they uh, have to maintain. And the, if, uh, the, 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 well, I, I know a lot of doctors personally 
you know, around here and that were on my doctor's panel last year. We had 18 weeks of the world's greatest doctors. And all of them had their licenses threatened or removed for doing things to save people's lives. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, early treatments, um, oxygen, various other things. Uh, I think monoclonal antibodies, some of the other things they were doing. Uh, steroids. People had a variety of treatments, uh, but they were all early treatments. And for the most part, they worked. <clears throat> they didn't work. They did something else. But those people lost their licenses because the, the government said, you can't do early treatments. You have to wait till you're sick enough to go to the hospital to get remdesivir in a ventilator, which we call the remdesivir ventilator death march. That's what killed my webmaster and various other people I know. So that was the wrong response. So the government cannot mandate. If, you, if you're allowed to practice medicine, you cannot tell doctors. You can't hold their license hostage, especially when they're saving people. That's the problem I have with the government. Yeah, and yeah, unfortunately, the government has been slow to respond to these kinds of things, and that's what I've been saying before, is that they really need to up their game in terms of their preparedness and their response. I remember during those, I think we had a lot of wildfires at that time, and I actually woke mm-hmm. up to like a red dawn in the morning. Oh, really? You might have seen it or uh, heard of it. Yeah, you should look Google pictures of like San Francisco red sky. It's just, it I've looked seen... like I was in a... I, 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 I thought like the second coming had happened, and I was like, "Oh damn, I was <laughs> left down it. below." Yeah. Go to well, that makes Get sense. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But yeah. so um, <laughs> you know, uh, so they had red sky, and then there was like hor- the, the breathing was just trying to breathe was just horrible, and it took the city mm-hmm. like a, nearly a week and a half to figure out we need to be like handing out these K9 particle masks to people. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, I, I know they have a discretionary fund for these kinds of things, and they just didn't utilize it. So that's what a mask like, makes sense. People not, were not able yeah. to breathe. Yeah, so a mask makes sense for smoke because the particles are big enough, the mask will stop it. But viruses are way it too small to for a mask to do anything. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure the numbers. Yeah, N95, yeah. But a mask for smoke particles. Go ahead. The typical surgical mask doesn't enclose your, doesn't enclose your face. It, it's like a kind of like a like a fence in front of your well, face. Well, it's more like a screen. The air can come in, so you don't breathe yeah, on the patient. Screen. So it right? works. It it works with viruses and um, airborne um, organisms because they're right. they're far too big to pass through those things. Um, but particles are substantially smaller, and they can go around. And a part again. Oh, okay, I thought it was the other way around. That's contained by yeah. no, no, it's not because and just particles think about smaller. it because. Um, viruses and and uh, and bacteria and organisms are composed of those things, of several of those things. So you know, QED, they're they're heavier than those things. Um, okay. Mm. Right. So for these, um, so you know, for a gaseous form of something like that, right. you needed a thing that closes your entire face, like a K95, and that's that's not okay. your typical surgical mask. Huh. That's the big thing. So yeah, I got a couple of things I want to ask smoke. you. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, uh, you mentioned the, the recall. You said something. Uh, this is like an off the air thing, but the the Republican Party had some something to do with the uh, the recall of Gavin Newsom. Can you go into that a little bit? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so initially, it was started out by um, two guys, Mike Netter and Orrin Healy, and I just did Mike Netter's show on KABC over the weekend to explain oh. how. You know, what was happening here in San Francisco is not the fault of the quote-unquote progressives, but the greedy deep state people running the city who didn't uh-huh. want to pay the $1.5 billion to solve the problem. Uh-huh. But uh, Mike Denner was one of the people who 
who organized that with Orrin Haley. And they're not really, I mean, they do identify more with the Republican Party, but um, they're more like libertarians. <clears throat> and uh, okay. as the movement started to grow, the original kind of Republican task force, I don't know what to call it, of fundraisers that um, did the recall the first time around that got Schwarzenegger in the office started uh, re- suiting up to get involved too, and that's when a lot of conflict happened. Um, <clears throat> you know, I can tell you I've worked with some of their groups, and they they alienated a lot of people who wanted to get involved. You know, other Republicans from you know the Central Valley and things like that. They just um, they I, I heard the the what I heard was they were too quote unquote visceral. And um, what? you know, if you're a person and you're angry, you know, yeah, you're going to be visceral. But uh, yeah, the, the, the Republican Party in the state is really not quite there. Um, and so the recall, I think they've actually done way more wars to themselves. What, well, I believe that. What was we'll, the recall we'll about? What, uh, what were the issues other than you know Gavin Newsom's a terrible governor? But what would, what would the, what was the reasons for the recall? It, it was mainly the effects of the the lockdown. People were okay. having problems with, mm-hmm. and um, the, you know the thing is, I don't think people minded being locked down so much. I think what happened is they were, what what they minded was not being able to do what they need to do to provide for themselves, and you know to pay pay because the, the rent still accrued, the mortgages still accrued. They just mm-hmm. couldn't you know they just couldn't take legal action on it right away. That there was an eviction moratorium, but the you know the debt still and you know. My my uh, my girls in Congress did actually try to stop that with the Cancel Rent and Mortgage Act, but of course Nancy Pelosi blocked it. Um, <laughs> so the the banks were going to get their due, the deep state was going to get their due, and we were going to be stuck with the tab, and that was a problem for a lot of people. And that's how I was able to get, you know, 500,000 California Democrats to sign that recall, which was a third of the votes, they, third of the signatories they had. Design, because the the lockdowns are fundamentally just you know unfair to people. Well, they're unconstitutional. Who, you know, from my point of view, yeah. I can argue that they're unconstitutional. So the question, so the Democrats who voted a lot Gavin Newsom in, yeah, so so they thought that the they thought that the lockdowns were unfair, which of course they were. Uh, I think they're unconstitutional. We can argue the points of that, but the but the thing is the so why wasn't Gavin Newsom recalled? Well, that's the thing. They they did a very impressive campaign of. To say this is some sort of a Republican conspiracy, when in fact the polls showed that actually 70% of Californians, uh, Democrats, I believe, wanted another um, Democrat to be governor other than Gavin Newsom, and it's and it's noteworthy as well. There there was a guy named uh, I think his name was Brad Thomas or something like that. He's a a patent lawyer and a plastic surgeon. <laughs> In uh, Beverly Hills, who just yeah, uh, I got to look at him. Where else, right? Him. He seems like an impressive <laughs> person. Money is. Okay. Um, but uh, he, I think as a lark, he just kind of you know signed up, you know, pays a is like a four thousand dollar fee to get on the ballot or something like that. You know, the guy's obviously wealthy. He signed up at the last minute, and he got like more votes than like uh, I think it was Kevin Faulkner or Cox, one of the two guys. He's professional Republican. You know, political operatives who previously, you know, held office in California, and this guy who nobody heard of, just because he was a Democrat, got more votes than them. 
didn't do any campaigns, didn't do any, didn't do any messaging of any kind. Um, the, only, the only way I knew about it is I pulled the election results. Hmm. <clears throat> but because he was a Democrat, you know, people voted, you know, people voted for the recall and they voted for this guy and a lot of other, um, uh, you know, people as well. Um, so that was the thing when I was when I was doing this and I was attending a lot of these Democratic clubs uh, meetings online, you know, up and down the state, just about every kind of Democratic club you can imagine. The message was clear, and there people from Newsom's office from uh, Sacramento were being sent to these meetings to make it very clear if anyone even does anything, then full-throated opposition is recall. You know, you're done. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I believe that. That makes a lot of sense. So, so the, they they knew they could they saw the writing on the wall. The thing is, it's not a, it wasn't about protecting a liberal administration. If they wanted to do that, all they had to do was just resign and let the lieutenant governor take over. It was about protecting a Newsom administration. That's the key point. And you so know, for the liberals a... listening to this, like going, well, we might have gotten a guy like Larry Elder as governor. I would say, you know, so what? Because of California's supermajority, the legislature can override anything the government governor does. So Larry Elder is an interesting it, governor. You know, you know it's interesting the left calls yeah. him a white supremacist as a black guy. That that we just crack up at that. That's hysterical. We'll have to uh, <laughs> address that sometime. Um, I got one more. Maybe we have a little, if you have a few extra minutes, we can we can get into that. I want to talk about the impeachment. Um, because I'm curious mm-hmm. what the Democrat Party view is of the internal turmoil well, it's not an between impeachment yet. It's an in- inquiry, right? The inquiry. Well, that's that's another question. Well, that's part of the question. Okay, so mm-hmm. you've got Kevin McDeep State, as I call him. I, I despise Kevin McCarthy with a passion. That's a good name. So you got you, you can use it. Any, any of the names I have, feel free to use. So mm-hmm. Kevin McDeep State uh, is opposing <laughs> my congressman McDeep Matt Gates, uh, who's Freedom Caucus, uh, and has said that he will, uh, you know, do a, a vacate the chair option. If there isn't an impeachment, so I got a couple of questions. First of all, how would progressives looking at this, uh, this, this uh, either inquiry or impeachment? Um, I think they're taking it for what it is, is mostly a stunt at this point. You know, okay. if they were serious about it, they would have just done it already. You know, obviously, all the information is pretty much out there about you know Biden and his son. So they they have what they need to do. Just doing this kind of like inquiry is just going to be a you know distraction and take up a lot of very valuable legislative hours. It could be used to helping people who are in desperate need and of economic relief. So yeah, it's um you know it's they've either got it or they don't got it. Otherwise, it's just the same thing that they're doing with Trump. It's just it's a big show that just takes up you know the country's time and ultimately does nothing. They tried to impeach him twice. He's the only guy in history to get impeached twice and to beat the rap both times. So <laughs> That's because there was uh, no rap to beat, yeah. We, we, we can disagree on that. Yeah. Um, I think that those but were both it's, bogus It's an interesting you know? point because yeah. they're in a very, very um, uh, untenable position with Biden right now. Everybody and their brother knows the guy's mind is mush. Right. You know, he's, got, he's in the late stages of dementia. He's being handled. He's puppeteered. Why is he still there? Let me finish. This is for, no, I'm let sorry. Let me okay, finish this. Um, yeah, yeah. So 
why is he still there? That's the question. Because the thing is, until somebody actually goes through with the 25th Amendment, and there's no real clear protocol to do that, um, the guy can do a lot of damage. He's the president of the United States. He's the commander-in-chief. He can do a lot of damage if he perceives, you know, his party is turning against him or Bull and his administration are turning against him. And that's mm-hmm. the unfortunate problem with dementia because, you know, people who are suffering from it, you know, have no way of determining if they're suffering from it because the faculties that they would normally use to do that are themselves, be, you know, degenerating. Right. You don't know so what you've lost a, for a memory very, because you don't have it. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't know what you lost. So you just, so you just have these moments of you know uncontiguous time that, you know, forgetting memories and things like that, mm. and it's, it, it it causes a lot of anxiety, causes a lot of anger, and we've seen that. We've heard about his outbursts in the White House and things like mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> and so it's it's a very good because he might see the people who are actually trying to help him, or he might. Uh, interpret them as uh, making threats against him or making a move against him. So that's that's the problem they're in right now. On on the other How hand, about the Republican uh, end of it? Uh, they, they do want to replace but, him. They know he yeah. needs to be replaced. Everybody knows it, but he won't let go. So right. that's what well, that's the problem we're now. But watching the, yeah. the Democrats watching the internal struggle with the Republicans between the deep state McCarthyites, McCarthyites, you know, McCarthyism, uh, and the uh, Freedom Caucus. So the Freedom Caucus, you know, the the orientation of, of uh, you know, that's where I am is basically the House Freedom Caucus, you know, as far as Congress support that we don't believe that, that Brandon even won the election. So we're already thinking of him as as an illegitimate president. So given that impeachment you know is is the either foregone conclusion i would even say that he shouldn't be impeached because he's not really president in the first place he should be arrested uh, along with the rest of the coup the democrats and republicans have put him there so that's my point of view so given that so and a lot of mm-hmm. folks in the republican party had that same view so the, the 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 house freedom caucus is he's not even a legitimate president the least you should do is impeach him and you got mccarthy and the deep state republicans that are saying well we're not going to rock the boat and if you do want to impeach we want to have a, a continuing resolution with all the same funding we had before and they're trying to make all these deals and things like that so democrats watching this internal struggle within the republican party that's what i'm curious about what do you see well, you know, I don't agree with much that the Freedom Caucus says, but man, I love listening to them talk because <laughs> they are just so they are so passionate and yeah. just real. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. they're not saying any, they're not reading from a script like you know McDeep State is. There, I just yep. used it. And, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> it's fun. It's hard to say, but so, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I you know I have like a news alert for just Chip Roy alone. You know, look, what's this guy saying now? It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love listening to them talk. I love their passion. Uh, uh, you know, I think you should definitely get Gates on the show if he's in your um, uh, He used to be district. on my show every week. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. He was on my show when I first started in radio here in WBY, 1330 AM, Northwest Florida's news and talk leader, before it was bought by a bigger station and we were all fired. Uh, Matt Gates was on every week. Mm-hmm. But he was new to Congress, and I was new to radio. It was really interesting. So he got to Congress January 20th. Oh, no, so, 20th. He, so he owes you then because you probably gave him a leg up. You know. I gave him a ton of ideas. So I'll, yeah, I'll be he, honest. definitely. Yeah, so you should gotta, call him out on that. You should say, hey, you know, come on. Well, you know, you're a Republican gotta, and a, you know, I got uh, a what do you call it? Freedom here. Caucus guy. You should be big on loyalty, right? And so yeah. Well, I'll know, play sure you my interview next time. Remind me next time. I'll play my my last interview mm-hmm. with Matt Gates because it's pretty revealing. 
you know, when we talked about uh, having the, uh, the citizenship question on the census and how he said this is a viable way to get uh, legislation to Congress. He really complimented, uh, you know, what we do here at Action Radio. So, but that, at that point, you know, he was on the show from when I was on WBY. So that was 2017 until July, Friday the 13th, you know, of July 2018 uh, <laughs> when, I was, when I was kicked out. Uh, because the news station took over and they didn't want me around. They didn't want action radio. But up until then, Matt Gates was on every week for about 15 minutes. And, and then he never came back. And so I, I sort of laughingly refer to that as the, the hair gel conspiracy, because at the same time he left our show, he got nationally famous. He started wearing hair gel. So we figure it's the hair gel that has caused you know, this, this problem. Anyway, that that's is what made him wear hair gel? He does. <laughs> oh, yeah, but before he wore hair gel, when he looked like a regular guy, you know, uh, the, he was on the show. So we figured we, once he stops wearing hair gel, he'll come back on the show and he gets less famous. One more question for you. Here's, here's the nasty question. Uh-huh. Uh, do, do the okay. progressives and the Democrats think that secretly, this is behind the scenes kind of inside information, are you kind of hoping that the Republicans go ahead with this impeachment to remove Brandon for you? So you, you guys don't have to be the bad guys that uh, says, okay, you know, uh, Joe, it's t- you, know, you really need to go. You won't have to say that if the Republicans are impeaching, uh, especially if, if uh, the polls go that way. So are the Republicans, in a sense, doing things the Democrats want done but can't do themselves? That's what I'm wondering. That's a, that's a brilliant question, Greg, and I, I, I would say yes. Um, but here's the problem is that okay. you know, even Thank if you. that does work, you're still going to have – you're gonna, you know, the, the solution is probably not going to be so great either because you're going to get Kamala Harris – and mm-hmm. there's no way she's going to be able to stand up to Donald Trump. So, um, oh, I think she'll you know, guarantee what needs to happen. <laughs> but, but I don't think the country would be any yeah, worse so under, so under again, him. Yeah. This is a total catch-22 right okay. now. This is a total All catch-22. Right. And what really needs to happen is they need to work out something with Kamala for her to resign and then to appoint somebody else and then do this impe- you know, impeachment or re- resignation or 25th Amendment, whatever needs to happen to do this. Because right now, um, it's, it's, gonna, it's not looking too good for you know, the deep state Democrats. Um, and, and if things stay the course, I think Trump is probably going to get reelected again, which also well, explains why Pelosi is doing what she's doing. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> she wants to be speaker again to, to fight Trump? No, no, that's the thing, is that um, she uh, she... She can't resign because she can't come back to San Francisco. I mean, she, she people just hate her here. I, I think she, you know her life is probably <laughs> legitimately in danger. She, she should go. No, she should I mean, go like she, uh, I don't know, Bermuda. Where, where know, else is she going to go? America hates her too. Her approval rating with, among other Americans is like thirty-five percent. Get a villain in the south too. of France. So her plan is. Yeah. Her plan was is to get an ambassadorship in Europe. Well, oh, they might still well, think right. okay, um, but uh, that's not. But right Tough now, there's any. no vacancies, and there won't be any vacancies until there's a new administration. And you know, if the new administration is not going to be someone who's going to be They're willing to do her, her any favors, yeah, she's in a lot of trouble. So what she's trying to do is come back, here, you know, step down as speaker. We, I forced her out of speaker, but still, mm-hmm. she's trying to like, you know, get back to, you know, try to get back to her roots. She was trying to like serve dinner at a homeless shelter like a month ago. It wasn't really holding water with anybody. Yeah. Um, but she's trying to pull these stunts, hoping people will forget the horrible things she's done to the American people over the years. 
But I don't think it's going to fly. I think Trump's can, if Trump gets back in, she's she her goose is really cooked, and she she'll have nowhere to go. She should just take she's her money and go go live, right go to now. Belize. You know, I wouldn't wish that on Belize, but I love it down there. But uh, go find some place, go find a, an island somewhere, go go retire someplace. There's plenty of places in the world. You know, go to Tuscany, get one of those yeah. big Italian villas, and go live there. You know, make wine. You know. You know, a uh, brave little vintage of Pelosi, the Pelosi Chianti. Of, I think she wants you know, to be closer to her kids who hate her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. I know one of them drives Seriously, her, her kids I, I know, can't I know, stand her. The only, reason her they work, the only reason her kids yeah. come around is when they want something. So oh, her kids can't stand her. Oh, uh, what a wonderful family. You know, no, her husband can't stand her. Her husband's been stepping out on her for, for years. So, well. You know, her domestic life uh, is shit. Is, is, he, is he gay? I mean, this is the rumor out here that because he had some guy in there with, and they're both in their underwear. So we're just wondering, is there more to the story? <laughs> There's anything wrong with being gay, but the question is, is there more to the story? We, we could say that for another time, but I'm just curious. Yeah, is absolutely. that part of the story? I, I, I don't, I'm curious. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, it's um, something to be curious about. Only because it's part of the story because, it, you know, because it relates to their marriage directly. You know whether it's an honest marriage yeah. or not. So that's why that's why I'm curious. No, but, it so hasn't so much... been for years. It's well known that he steps out on her. That well, I don't I don't know what his orientation may be in, in that respect, but he definitely he's been on stepping her. out on her for years. And yeah. That's why he goes and gets drunk in Napa, where he thinks nobody will notice him. But of course, <laughs> that didn't work out for him either. Yeah, not not too well, especially <laughs> with the car accident. Yeah. Now I still I still want to see if you if you, you might be the only person that can help me with this. Uh, I did. I told you my singing telegram mm-hmm. I did when she first got into office, where I'm like you know in her lap mm-hmm. in my red tuxedo from Eastern Onion. Yeah. Please somewhere don't me about that. <laughs> somewhere somebody has a picture of me in Nancy Pelosi's lap. I want that picture, and and you can use it too. <laughs> Because I think it'd be hysterical, but somewhere somebody it would be hysterical. But uh, yeah. Greg, honestly, that visual makes me think that they actively tried to destroy it. Really? Because they never made the media. I mean, uh, she had media there. Uh, <laughs> somebody, but there was a lot of cameras. I remember the cameras clicking, and I remember that horrified look in her face and those big brown eyes flashing at me in absolute disgust and horror. I thought, I'm doing a good job today. <laughs> this is really great, <laughs> you know. And so it's like, congratulations, babe. Welcome to Congress. And I'll, I remember it as clear as anything I've ever remember. And it's hysterical. But somewhere, and I never thought of the time to ask, of course, because she had just gotten to Congress. She hadn't made a name for herself yet. But somewhere, somebody, mm-hmm. some family album has a picture, has that picture. And I just want to picture that picture. I want to, I want to put it on Facebook. <laughs> you know what? Maybe what? we can make a little, like, a web page with a reward or something like that, like 200 bucks so that a person sends in the picture. Wow, and, I wish I had bucks for that. and I can I'll promote it out. I'll promote it out here and see what happens. Okay, I guess I can call her old chief of staff. You might know something about. Yeah, that. say hey, who's got a picture uh, of her her uh, her uh, congratulations party in 1987 in, in, in the fall, whatever it was? Yeah, it was a beautiful day, sunny day. Uh, it, might, it had to be mm-hmm. November because it was after the election, so it would have been within like a day or two of the election. November 1987. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think they had a party at the Hilton. That would crack me up. That would be my, my, my profile picture forever. <laughs> I, I definitely I would, I would include that in. Uh, that, in that would be the thing to do with it. Yeah. That would definitely yeah. be the thing to do with it. Okay. Um, so what can we uh, yeah. what can we look forward to this week? Because uh, Congress is back. We've got a budget um, coming up. They've got nine legislative days to do 13 appropriations bills, and they've got a continuing resolution staring them in the face, and the, and the government shut down. So we're going to take, obviously we'll take that up next week. But any projections, any, any things we should be watching this week? 
I project a whole lot of nothing. That's what okay. I project. Okay. It's a it's a whole lot of nothing. Um, I'll predict, they, I you, know, you had that guy in Alabama holding things up and um Oh Tuberville? You know I like him. Yeah, Tuberville, you have a yeah. president who's you have a president and senators and congressmen who are literally decomposing before our eyes. <laughs> and on top of that <laughs> That's that's you want to do a bad analogy. That's that's a mental picture. I, I want to unsee that one. Yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. It's like and, and people calling them out on it, and they're saying, you know, no, I, you know, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I project not. a whole lot of nothing. I predict a whole lot of infighting, and so yeah. Okay. I, de- right. I de- that's my prediction is a whole lot of nothing. So. With that, I'll uh, I'll I'll sign off here and uh, yeah. Again, it was great to be on the show. And if anybody wants to contact me, just go to BiancaForSanFrancisco.org or just search uh, Bianca for San Francisco, and you'll find her email. If you want to donate, please donate. Anything more than twenty dollars goes on a federal registry that Nancy Pelosi's team looks at and agonizes over. So (laughs) she can see so and so who does this and that over and you know. You know, BFE, each uh, part of America is gunning for her. And so, Not literally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't misinterpret. Yeah. Sure. Let me round applause here real quick. So, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate having you on. My pleasure. Thanks, Greg. Any other contact stuff? Did we get it all? Facebook, websites? I think we did. Uh, well, you can find everything through the website, all of our social media, or just. Uh, Go on, uh, if you just search Bianca to San Francisco, Link Tree, you got a Link Tree. I can't. Um, okay. And you'll find everything you need, including our phone number and things, which you can, which people can text too. Okay. So, yeah. Thank you. Gotta go. It's, uh, we'll do it again next week. Appreciate uh, having you on. Yeah. Absolutely. Take care. I love these right. things. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's really a ride. Hey, how many, how many shows like this show have, we have, you know, have a progressive socialist reporter? Uh, we're probably the only one. You know, so uh, that's part of it. All right, so Bianca's gone. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. This, uh, sorry about the interruption. Uh, it's a power source thing. I've got to take care of that. Um, but because uh, I'm just in a place that the, the power just does what it does, and it shuts off arbitrarily, so I can't have that. Um, but uh, this has been fascinating. So I'll, I don't think it's going to cause a problem with the show. I think the, 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 when it's podcast, I'll just kind of skip over it. So you probably won't even notice if you're listening to the podcast. But tomorrow, Thursday, uh, we've got uh, not a lot. <laughs> you've got a couple more open hours. Thursday, I'm trying to improve. I need, I'm looking at a new reporter for Thursdays. Um, so it should be interesting to, uh, uh, to see how that goes. Anyway, thank you all. Back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central, when we do it all again. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. 
Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't, which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care, and now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H-Care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system.
You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.